This is President Martin J. Higgins, and I'm listening to Tales from the East End. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. No is the saddest experience you'll ever know. Yes, it's the saddest experience you'll ever know. Because one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever know. Yeah, welcome to another edition of your favourite Rovers podcast, the only Rovers podcast, and it's Tales from the East End. It is our third monthly special where we invite fans and ex-players and clubs and club owners to Johnny Blues for a few drinks and chat about all things Rovers. So we're going to talk about the game against Glenville in the FAI Cup, look ahead to the two trips this week to Limerick and Galway, questions from the East Stand with Lee Grace and an interview with Cameron King, our brand new signing. We also have Galway fan Julian Canny uh, on for an interview and uh, help preview that game at Eamon DC Park. So as usual, I'm Gary Parsons and I have the prof, Carl Riley, with me here at Johnny Blues Bar. So we're not alone, we have our monthly madness special guest and it's drum roll Carl, come on, roll that out. Oh, this again. Pathlin, the baiter of bowls, the castrator of Cristiano and the loafer of trophies. Uh, so Pat, you're very welcome. How are you lads? Thanks for having me in. So I'm on the Heineken with Pat and Carl, you're on the Molson, so it's beer all around and Tomo's in the background there, a barman. And he's just drinking whatever piss that comes out. Tesco, go on, go on, if it's wet. <laughs> and uh, Pat, you're one of the few listeners of this show to actually step foot in the mysterious Johnny Blues bar. So, what do you make of our humble abode? I have to say, lads, I'm quite impressed. It's it's a proper bar. Yeah, every stain yeah. tells a story. So it does exist. <laughs> just confirm that it exists. It does so. exist, definitely yeah. exists. Pumps, glasses, flags, the work starboard. Oh, wow. So uh, people have sent in questions for you, but um, me and Carl have come up with some as well, so we'll hit you with those throughout today's show. Um, you're just back from the under-17s game in Wexford, how'd they do? Yeah, we lost 3-2, so I'm not in good form, I'm actually thinking of storming out of the <laughs> <laughs> next 10 minutes. But uh, I, it, was, it was a tough match. Who's on the score sheet? Uh, Dean Williams and one of our newer boys, Manny, scored as well. 3 0 at half time, so three. what was the half time team talk like? Um, the hairdryer treatment? It was, it was one of those where you leave it to the lads because I, I think they sense their own disappointment. Yeah, um, yeah. But they knew themselves, they've set the bar high this year for themselves and teams are coming out to try beat them. So yeah, I mean, everyone's trying to beat them in this season, in fairness, isn't it? It's just the way it is with Rovers. I've noticed that even under eight games. At the start of the season, teams just have something against Rovers. It's 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 a thing. I know people always go on about like they're not. Some people say they're not the biggest club, but when I played for Longford Pats, everybody was up for that game. Even when I was at those, yeah, really? as an ex-player returning, we wanted to beat them. So <laughs> yeah, that's what you have to do when you're a Rovers player. And were you disappointed we had a cup in Waterford last week? Uh, yeah, we missed that match myself now, but um, <coughs> Waterford gave us a hide and five-one. Caprice fought and again we went down 2-0 down after about I think 30 minutes so Royce said the second half performance was one of the best they've seen this season it was really good from Waterford yeah really good from us from us yeah yeah. in the second half but 
it's just starting matches we need to just get out of the block. You were saying it was a big war for team, big physical war they're, for they're, team. They're all of age. They're all like under 17s. We have a few younger lads, but it's we wouldn't use that as an excuse really. Uh, if you're with the seven, we think they're good enough to play, but the, the performances are getting there. That's the only thing I'll say. And uh, Dean Williams, though, is in some form. He just keeps banging in the goals. He might be quiet for 80, 90 minutes nearly. The last very twig-esque. Very twig-esque. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's it reminds me of stature, everything to Robbie Keane. He just... Oh, yeah? Just, I was going to just about to ask you yeah. what type of player is he, yeah? He's just in that... He's always in around a six-yard box. Poachers goals. He's scored a couple of cracking free kicks as well. And more than that, he's a good lad. He wants to learn as well. So yeah, that's, 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 that's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, that's, June. That's... For me, it'd be nearly eighty percent. Yeah, yeah it was a good interview in uh, Friday's program with Riser. Don't know if you saw that there. Uh, no, I didn't get a chance. What's it? What, the, was it good? Yeah, yeah. Just talking about the under seventeens and how it's going, and everything. And uh, Pat, are you enjoying the coaching role alongside Riser? Oh yeah, mate. When I finished last year, it was debating whether to get into coaching. I was going looking to get in the local team, and uh, Riser gave me a call then to come in with him and for me to learn off him and Keto Halloran, like the, the knowledge that he have is unbelievable. But, yeah. Um, it really is but um, I am enjoying it the only thing is it gets under our skin again so we've lost today and it could ruin me week again yeah, yeah. but that's what you mind. want I mean you're you're emotionally involved though you know what I mean it'd be different if you just go home and say oh, fuck it no, it's, true, it's, it's no good to me that's what you want you want people involved you want them You want them emotionally attached that's it yeah but I was half thinking after me career along for it ended I'd just be a Rovers fan go with the games <laughs> You're in the kick get, now. Get, get tipsy and have a <laughs> watch the game as a fan now, watching as a manager, coach. So, so we've no game now for the seven days next weekend. But before we move on, we're going to play Ward Association. This is new to Tales from the East End. So, uh, the starting eleven from today's game in Wexford Park. You're going to give us one or two words that sums up each player's role on the pitch or his personality in the dressing room. Whatever you like. So, we're going to start with your 15 year old goalkeeper, Gavin Bazunu. Potential. Darren Prendergast. Reliable. Eric Abulu. Pace. Adam O'Connor, the captain. Solid. Martins Olakanye. Legend. <laughs> Jack Priestley. Engine. Jack Kelly. Two words, typical winger. <laughs> Connor Bean. Player. James Clark. Tough. Kenny Cunningham Crosses Dean Williams Poacher Great uh, point to two Kenny Cunningham uh, Connor Bean He is He's at Rover since he's nine isn't he Yeah that's he's what he's in. Big fan He's always at every game And Does all the little bits of Charity runs Everything so He's his heart and soul in it for uh, Yeah that's what you want uh, we beat Glenville in the FAI Cup we're going to move on to first team matters now uh, Glenville in the FAI Cup could have been 10-0 Graham Bork with the only goal after 13 minutes it was uh, we just we huffed and puffed didn't we it was terrible to be honest it was quite a poor game yeah we mentioned later on so many shots off target again oh, it was just crazy it was it was really frustrating to watch I mean Brads I went with 3-5-2 a strong enough team bit of, a bit of a mix Luke Bourne was injured so Dean Carpenter made his first start for the club solid again he went with young Aaron Bulger and Mikey O'Connor no place for James doing it Dis- disappointingly I thought um, we all thought he was a shoe in considering his, his goal in the in the semi-final even you're young for this idea yeah dad how can Dylan score that goal exactly yeah. not play not play it was brilliant yeah so it was the hero from underneath but it was a drab affair Pat what do you think of the game 
Uh, I wasn't at it. It was away last weekend and after that. Ah, <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> from, That's allowed. <laughs> from what I've heard, it was something simple. We'd all the possession, all the shots, and it just... They're the games maybe you want your strikers getting a few goals building. That's confidence. what we were thinking, Mikey O'Connor especially. A couple of goals from yeah. and it just didn't work out that way. I thought you would have played Kevin Horgan actually. Remember we were picking our teams. Yeah, another yeah. shocking one as well. Uh, Glenville had a player actually, Connor Moore. Might not remember, he was former under 19s at Rovers. But his dad, Fran, played for us in the 1982 season. That would have been just before the four in a row, wouldn't it? Yep. So a bit of legacy there. And it was uh, Tales from the West End this week yeah I, I have to closed. say what I will say is that there's more abuse given from the west end than there is in the east end there's, they're, they're quite the footballing snobs at times there's, in the, in there's the a west. lot of moaners in there, there I noticed I yeah. wouldn't be able for that I mean I, I'm stick to the east end all day no way he'll be able to sit in that west end and listen to that <laughs> uh, yeah we, um, the goal what, what do you think Carl it's a good finish I think he it did was, well to get onto it. It was a good finish, but it was generally kind of scrappy. It was, it was, it was. Finn really made a good yeah. run to the box, just kind of got lucky in the end, but yeah, Burke buried it. I think the, the one person you would want to have with uh, at the angle that it was, was Burke on his left foot, but um, we'll move on to more serious matters now, with Burke being racially abused by the number three, Dylan Nolan. And this is not, this isn't made up, this is official, this actually happened, so... We're, we're naming and shaming we definitely will I mean he called my name we won't say on air disgraceful carry on and I mean no no place for that in life never mind just football I mean it's going to get reported Bork was rightfully very upset about it yeah he was furious yeah furious and we were wondering we, we didn't hear it at the time and we were we were wondering what was going on people around us furious heard we was going mad we were like, what was going on here and people around us said it you walked to the sideline to tell the fourth official Bradley had to calm him down yeah he was being dragged over, yeah, at one stage. So, I mean, I don't know what the steps are next. Because they're not in the league, what can happen to him? I mean, do you, if you remember, Jason McGuinness got a six-game ban for abusing uh, Rommel Bocco years ago. I mean, who does the complaint go to? The FAI, and what can they do? And will Glenville do anything about it? So, have you ever dealt with that like that before, as in a non-league team abusing someone in a in a Premier League division and what happens then? I mean, who does the complaint go to? It falls under the FAI, I'm sure. And the FAI would deal with that, yeah? I don't know how they'd make the sanction about it, but um, you thought at half time that the Glenville boss would give him the huke, yeah, as Brian Kerr would say. Yeah. But in fairness, the, the, the Glenville lads I was talking to didn't know anything about it, they could have played dumb, but they're, they're all right lads, so I, I don't think he said he saw the commotion and he didn't hear anything about it, so mm-hmm. they definitely want to keep that on the wraps. But uh, yeah, we don't, that, that was that. We'll move on. Uh, the Gary Shaw, Miss Carl. <laughs> he broke his ankle trying to finish it, didn't he? I don't know what he's doing. Pretty much six yards out. Ball came to on his left foot and he stepped on it and looked like he torn his ankle, but he could have done himself some damage, but he just can't get a goal at the moment, can he? No, a no. lot of people very unhappy with Shaw and we we're happy with his work rate. Could score more goals, but he got a good bit of abuse in the in the West End. Unjustified in my opinion. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't I wouldn't like we don't abuse players at all, you know, it's very fucking rare that we do that, but there's a lot of abuse in that West stand, isn't there? Yeah. So many shots over the bar. Uh, just very, very frustrating at the moment. And you know what, Pat? We're very good in the warm up. If you've ever seen us, we bang them in in the warm up. <laughs> like no, they're stroking no balls home. Yeah, yeah, true, true. But they're stroking balls home. We, we're hitting the target. We actually cannot hit the target with a football at the moment. Well, at least Graham Burks have reduced his number of long shots this week. I think maybe Brad's had a word because he the car game him. was just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, he do something magic. Yards. That touch he, touch he took in the middle of the park, torn, and he's about 40 yards out. We're thinking, oh, yeah, spray a pass out wide. He just takes a shot. I know he scored one of the best goals I've ever seen against Boleslav, but I don't want him taking like six or seven of those a game. It's mm. just a waste of time. 
But uh, the stats were actually 35 shots on goal. What was that for? Us. When what game? In the game, the Gainfield game. 35. <laughs> 35. <laughs> 12 on target and one goal. Wow. 35. Yeah. So we've scored two goals in the last 300 minutes. Who play. compiles those stats, actually? Who compiles them? Just saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Didn't verify it, to be honest, but let's assume it's true. That's a bit right. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit yeah, right. So two goals in 300 minutes. One a bit of magic and the other a scrappy one. Gets a non-league team. It's, it's, we are really poor at the moment and at the business end of the season as well it's what, exactly what we don't need I thought like the Bowles game Derry game at home I gave us four points easy so we'll beat Bowles probably get a point against Derry because Kenny Shields has a sussed every time and we get nothing and now we have two away games we'll go and get six points in these away oh, games stop, just stop. <laughs> so frustrating uh, they should have scored when Tomer came out to head the ball but the midfielder bottled it just kind of you, you just could have loved them we just kind of uh, stroked it out to the centre forward and centre forward missed. I said that to uh, Glenville Tim afterwards. I said, why didn't he shoot? And he said, he did. He just got he got blocked. He did not shoot. He passed the straight first time. That's what I no, saw. Madness. I thought it was kind of cowardly. He didn't shoot straight yeah, away. No, but definitely but the, the heebie-jeebies are back here. The heebie-jeebies are back for Tomer officially because he's been, he's been bogey the last few games. I'm really sorry to say, but yeah. And I did say that Sean Boyd would come on and score the second goal for a 2-0 win the last minute. I know I was almost dead on right. Yeah, and uh, disallowed. Offside and a good shot with his left on the edge of the box. Also could have been a red card. That crazy tackle on the sideline. True, yeah. So Speak. he's taken out his frustration on that and the 19s. So we'll talk about him later on the speaking 19s. Of, uh, bagging some goals. Speaking of Sean Boyd, do you watch Game of Thrones, Pat? I don't. Not ah, the, uh, the Bran Stark look at that. I watched the first three episodes of it and. Oh, you didn't like the riding and the killing and the murdering and the snakery. <laughs> My missus won't let me. I have to watch Friends. It's the only oh, thing I'm going to watch. Reruns of Friends. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you if you want to kick Bran Stark up his raven arse. Yeah, it's <laughs> the it. image of a fella in it. Absolute image <laughs> of a fella in it. So we're going to talk about Aaron Bulger now, our uh, little man in the middle, and he was really good. Very neat, very tidy, stronger than he looks, very forward thinking player. Pocket size, Bulger. Yeah, he likes Modric as well, he said, doesn't he? Yeah, but uh, what I would do, what I would like to see more of, is what I pointed this out to you in the first and second half is that our, our midfielders, two centre midfielders, don't make runs into the box when our wing backs have the ball and they're advancing and putting the ball into the box. So we've got Shaw and Bork, and hopefully maybe the right winger coming in or the left winger who are coming back from the opposite side. So I remember when the ball came in from Madden, into the box. you pointed out that Finn was like in the halfway line. Yeah, at that point. and so was Bulger. They hit, Bulger made the pass and they just kind of stopped. And they're not bursting into the, in, in, into the box to kind of have an impact. So that's what one thing I'd be frustrated. What would your take be on the pad? Are they being told? Yeah, Do you I, reckon? I wouldn't imagine so, especially if they've three at the back. Yeah. And I'm sure one of Give the Give you more of a licence to get forward, I'm sure wouldn't one it? of the midfielders has been told whether they maybe were, were thinking... It was an easier match where we take our foot off the gas and conserve energy. That's exactly might, what I thought. Yeah. Might have been a thing, but um, it's, it's, I wouldn't be able to. I, would, I don't know what Stephen does. Yeah, be saying yeah. Bodger was. I'd imagine he's saying get into the box. Bodger was very cool in the ball, wasn't he? You'd know him from the seventies, wouldn't you, Bodger? Yeah, I, I've, he was never with me with the seventies. Now, when I played my last game for Longford, I think he was. He played in that game. Yeah. It was the first time I've seen him. What do you think of him? Well, I thought he was brilliant. He's yeah. just finds those little pockets of space similar to the way Stephen Bradley did but he's, he's a clever player he just keeps the ball moving all the Glenville lads were very complimentary of him were they? yeah they, they thought who was that little guy in the middle thought he's brilliant it's a bit of toughness to him as well yeah, is, yeah he was up against a big guy wasn't he number 10 yeah to number 10 Derek Doyle former Pats man I think I'm was he? a belly on him Pat big. He, oh was, he was a big God. lad 
Do you remember did you ever playing well, against play, him? Yeah, playing with him at Shells. Some going, he had the belly then. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got. He was horsing through players. He could have injured someone. He was flying through the tackle. <laughs> Um, the attendance car was quite poor. Do you know, it wasn't that bad actually. For, if, I mean, Glenville brought loads. I'd say three, four hundred maybe. Yeah, great Good crowd from Palmerstown. Fair, so fair play to them. Brought up a big crowd. Brought more than league clubs would bring to town. Yeah, definitely would. And, yeah, uh, brought more than Bray, UCD, all those. Yeah, yeah. Cup fever is spreading. The green ribbons were being handed out there. Yeah, I love, I love the cup. I love this cup. Really, They're even yeah. half and half scarves for some reason. I saw that. We, I thought that was a joke. I thought it was a world time wearing a Robson maybe, but there was Glenville. Rovers half and half scarf. So I mean, if you think about it, it's like twentieth anniversary, big game. It's be something good to have because there's a lot of people who are involved in that club a long time. Players like the player, um, what's his name, McDonald, mm. Kieran McDonald, centre midfield. He's with he was them. a Rovers fan. Yeah. He, said, he said he went to the Rovers Juventus game and had it. Mm, fifteen years he's playing with them, so that's yeah. that'll be a memento for him. You know, probably Glenville close to his heart. And the PA announcement at the end. What was that? Remember. Please stay off the pitch. Please stay. Yeah, yeah broke that shit laughing. I thought it was talking. Please cheek. stay off the pitch. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a, a real. Thought Mick Cairns got a hold of it again. So the attendance was just under twelve hundred anyway, and yeah, I saw Glenville Tim as I said afterwards, and uh, they were partying away in the dressing room. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say they were going straight to the Silver Granite after. The music was hopping in there. It was straight to the Silver. Usually Granite. the away team head out the door pretty fast, but these guys were still in there. Like. They they definitely gone down for a few gargles anyway. So. Yeah. You can see he was quite proud of them. Nah, he, said, he said they were dead in their feet. Yes, yeah, I mean, so, there was a lot, yeah. So, I hope they all had a good night, except for the other known. Yeah, it's shocking stuff. How good, like, why bother? I mean, there wasn't even that much, there wasn't even that type of game. It wasn't even that type of, I mean, nothing, there's never that type of game, not condoning it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, there wasn't people pulling at each other or kicking at each other. I mean, why bother? Wait, but that's just he's raised wrong. That's I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hard on him. He's raised wrong and he's just a knacker. That's what it is. Yeah. Doorboard. I mean, uh, yeah, so we're trying to qualify for the FAI Cup final for the first time since 2010. Pat, is this a touchy subject? Very touchy. <laughs> <laughs> I love hate relationship with I hate hate relationship with this. <laughs> super, super for Cup final. We were we were up in the upper echelons. We we're not a fan of it at all, but we ended up at the very top. And uh, I think who got sent off? Bradzer yeah. was in though, yeah. Royce went fullback. We were struggling for players that day, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Who else did we have? Someone else was, was Webb playing? No, me and Sibby centre back. Sibby was, was on man. the bench, was he? What a man. Yeah. And Aido signed for Francis, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I'm nearly sure he signed for Francis. I'm hoping that's right. I said that on last week's show. Mm. I'm nearly sure he signed Paul Caffrey as well. So Francis are looking to come back into the Lenser Senior League. And uh Had you ever taken a penalty before, Pat? Um, I took one in the League Cup I think it was that year against uh, Pats or maybe it's, we won on penalties and I scored and I took about four in the Mini World Cup back in 1994 when I was with Saudi Arabia <laughs> and I scored them all as well so. someone actually mentioned that later on in the show. <laughs> believe it or not you were in Saudi Arabia <laughs> well, I was playing for them in the Mini World Cup for <laughs> them <laughs> for Saudi Arabia but, uh, I, I had a good game was feeling confident and when I seen two or three lads miss this, I thought, step up and take Smash it. Smash it home, yeah. Say, world-class keeper. Save me. <laughs> In fairness, <laughs> your penalty was no worse than the other three. Uh, I think the worst one was probably Tornet. No, Twigs. Twigs was the worst. Twigs was horrible. Twigs was terrible. The build-up was great, though. I mean... I remember you saying that in the uh, in time. Two, two the FA Cup? Yeah, to the finals. For us as players, like, yeah. Michael brought us to the uh, Johnstown house. We had a night there. We got measured for the suits. 
Oh, we, very we professional. Had the, had the conference room booked out and we table tennis, games, everything in there. Then we got the bus. Just a good atmosphere before oh, it all, just, yeah. Just to bring us all together. Then we got the bus out and uh, I think the Rovers made a song. I don't know, Hooper man, it's Oh, I think another one. Can't remember who it goes now. Um so we didn't start the fire, I don't know the words. Oh <laughs> yeah, Billy Joel, yeah. But uh, yeah. then we drove through Rings End and all the fans. The horse the, the way. Wasn't horse even a horse, it was a pony, yeah. Yeah, see the thing is as well, what I know was I've said this before on the show, is that team I, I saw that team out quite a lot and there was a lot of, like there's a good ten, twelve and Billy Denny he uh torn our twig, they were all out on the piss and Manison and all, so it did seem like they all got on very well. And the camaraderie was great within that team. Bocker said it as well. Bocker said that that's the best time of his football career. Same so. as yourself. Man. It's brilliant it was, even with the Protestants. <laughs> 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 yeah, did, uh, did Turner ever get a grief for that? Um, Turner. The, the he was a Rangers man, wasn't he? Turner was a Rangers man. Sivy was a Hearts man. Alan Manis was a Rangers man. And the three of them went Alan, he was a Rangers man. I knew, well, he, I knew he was... I didn't know he did. He support them actively. I don't, I don't. I don't think he followed them actively. And Tommy Short was a Rangers man. Didn't know that one. The four of them sat on the bench right across from me. <laughs> me and Jerry Bourne used to say, "See, he's trying to wind me up." Let's call it the bench, bench Shamrock Rangers. <laughs> the blue bench. The blue bench. But ah, they're they're great lads. Alan was. I got on really well with Alan Manis there at the club and uh, loved Alan Manis oh, really as well all of them in fairness Sibby was our player of the year in geez, we voted with him was it 2010 or 11 one of them we gave him player of the year he, he, was, he was brilliant yeah. he was just him and Dan Murray he was playing through an injury for most of that season yeah we still haven't replaced him still haven't replaced the two lads best part best centre half pair in, them, in my time anyway so we're going to read some of the questions that were sent in to us for Pat now so Anthony Kell says Pat how good did it feel to smash into Ronaldo with that perfectly timed challenge on his debut for Madrid? Um, at the time, I, d- I, d- I didn't even know it was him. Um, till, after, <laughs> till after someone told me. Um, I was, it was brilliant, it was. Before the match, everybody was building it up. Were you starstruck? Um, no. No? no I was starstruck when I seen Christy Moore. <laughs> I was more impressed seeing Raul, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah? But they built it up that week. I think the one paper did a segment of me versus Ronaldo. They did him in his tan with his top off, me with blood on my head. Kathleen <laughs> <laughs> earns 300 a week. I hangs out in the plaza. He hangs out in La Manga. Hangs out in the plaza. And I drive a Coke van, he drives a Lamborghini, whatever it was. But, um, I, when, he, when, he, when he did come over my side, I said, he's coming my way, like... And then he bet another player and says, he's fucking, he's still oh, coming my way. Well, it was says, just outside the box, wasn't it? Just outside the box. I says, I'm going to have to tackle him here. And I, <laughs> I, got, I got the ball, people say. It was to, a good tackle. Is it? I tried to, people said they, I tried to do him. Nah, you're not that type it, of guy. It, 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 he wouldn't get back up. I remember in the programme, you made a tongue-in-cheek comment. You said that instead of getting Ronaldo's jersey, you're going to get his blood. On your boots, and a lot of people actually took it seriously at the time. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that to Martina. She was doing the program at the time, and obviously, when you say "ha ha ha" at the end of an interview, yeah. they don't hear it. The, the words just come up in the actual <laughs> on the program. So a couple of newspapers grabbed that, and then uh, Michael O'Neill said he had someone. I don't know whether it was from Platinum One, just saying, just take it easy on Ronaldo. Like, don't I, really, really gonna try the only like, just play your normal game. <laughs> Did she send someone <laughs> from Platinum One to Pat Flynn? Say, listen. <laughs> Tell Pat not to kill Ronaldo. <laughs> but, um, that's, that's the way it was taken. It was taken out of context, but uh, 
I'm, I'm still glad I tackled him. Yeah. I saw you tweeting Ronaldo on the anniversary. You did. <laughs> that was class. Yeah. Didn't, every, didn't year back, no? every year I tweet him, and every year the same. He just blanks me. But um, oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there in one year. I'm going. I think I'm bringing me little boys for a trip over to um, Madrid next year. So I'll be waiting outside the stadium. See him, see him, kids. I smashed him. <laughs> and uh, what were you thinking when Michael Lee on the dressing room was naming who was marking who for corners? And Darren Maguire has Raul, and you have Ronaldo. We do. We did it every week. We, Michael was so particular. You'd have your player, and that was so it. So he tell you you're marking a particular player. Let's say you're playing pass for, for instance, and they say, "Right, Christy Fagan's going to go to the front post." Pat, he's yours for every corner. Yeah, something like that. Stick with him. Really? It's usually big for big. Yeah. And I would have. I'm average size now, but it would have been quite good. In, I'm average size and height. I would have been quite. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been, been quite good in the air. Um, so he asked me to mark Ronaldo and Dara to mark Rayol. Yeah. We actually just looked at each other and started laughing. And Michael had a team talk role. <laughs> and at the end, he actually scrunched it up and threw it in the bin. He goes, I don't know how to play against these. They're the best team in the world. So no way. Just go out and enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah. I think we probably thought we were going to get a hiding, but we... we, we Desi Baker should have scored. Desi yeah. Baker had a chance. Definitely. And should have went 1-0 up. 100%. That was his moment. Yeah. yeah. Ronaldo laughing at his boots. And then <laughs> everybody's doing boots. it now. Yeah. It's a style now. Everybody's yeah. doing it now. I'll chew him off at the time but. good old Desi I'd love to see Desi back at the club in some capacity De- definitely would did you get on with Desi? I got on really well Desi was <laughs> what a partnership him and Twig oh, it's, it's frightening telepathic it was like better than Crow and Bourne like, it was so hard to mark it must have been for strikers but um, oh. Desi is a great lad always in charge of the music the 90s music in the yeah seemed very music. funny in fairness <laughs> he seemed like a funny guy Um, what else we got this from Pat Kilmartin uh, is it if it's safe, if it, is it safe to say that life doesn't get much better when you're playing Juventus, booting a post, playing the ribs in front of the East End, then beating post 3 0 in the space of a week? It was a good week. It was a better week because uh, we played Juventus. Was that first before the balls match? Uh-huh. Played Juventus and Del Piero struck in the free kick, and you're thinking, will I celebrate with him? Will I not celebrate with him? <laughs> what will think? And then you go home, you're playing balls, and Two hours before I left my house, my missus come up and told me she's pregnant. Oh, lovely. And I'm going out to play balls and I'm thinking to myself, what? <laughs> you were told. You were, <laughs> so you were told. Your missus told you you were pregnant before that game. <laughs> that, that's brilliant. So I was, I was doing the maths in my head and was it there that week? I was away in Israel that week. <laughs> so now it says the next person I see is getting a kick. Uh, it just happened to be Gareth McGlynn. I apologise. <laughs> oh, did you, did you ever talk to him afterwards? No, I... I, I did text Tommy Stewart knew him I told yeah. Tommy to tell him we apologise it was nothing against him we just lost the head yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't set out if it I had was random a, could have a been different anyone. player no if I had been a different player I definitely would have kicked him but <laughs> it was Garrett McGlynn I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have did that to him I remember you saying the red mist comes so tell me about the red mist is it a real phenomenon I, I don't know what it is it, I think I was trying to think about it now that I'm finished managers all my life said just be calm if you had an old head in your shoulders all this crap and I, I was thinking to myself what is it and I think it's when there's an injustice done to me I can't control it and I lose the head like that day Gareth McGlynn as it fell over he pushed against me and fell over and won a free kick it wasn't that bit wasn't a free kick so he says I'm fucking kicking so this the ball so the free kick pushed you over the edge I'd say the decision yeah, for the free kick the ref kept the wrong decision yeah. so he fell in between me and the ball and he says I'm still kicking this ball he just <laughs> happened to be in the way of it <laughs> so I kicked him but uh, I think it's the injustices but once it comes 
there's no stopping it when I was at Longford with Tony Cousins he managed it quite well because my manager shout on the pitch at me I could lose the head at them as well so Tony used to have Rice or Pat Sullivan talking to me yeah yeah he was a kryptonite which it got around me kind of so that's kind of the red mist summed up (laughs) I don't know what the fuck it is (laughs) And interesting stat is that all five of your red cards for robbers were straight reds. So you just you don't do two yellows. No, they're only straight reds. They're the worst sentiments off. Yeah, like yeah. melting and then melting and, and then that. this little yeah. push or something. Like uh, for instance, Seth Fabregas on the weekend, sarcastic clapping, yeah. and yeah. then a tackle. Like, Stupid gonna, yellows. They're gonna get sent off. Hurt someone maybe. You know what? I know. <laughs> not my under seventeen stuff. Make it worth it. Yeah. Like that's what they say, isn't it? Yeah. You're gonna get sent off. I remember it, it, it was at Pats Jason Bourne got sent off for it was an alleged elbow on Sean O'Connor. Sean, you dive now. Right. And Jason Bourne was walking off, and he said it looked like it clicked him. And said, "I might as well actually fucking get him now." He ran back in the pitch to try to get him, and he was right. Yeah. Oh the yeah, yeah. So he's the the yeah. sanctions done him already off the pitch. So what the sentence off? He's, a bit of crack. <laughs> <laughs> so you're standing in that wall in the biblical reign of Medina as Del Piero smashes the free kick in the top corner. I mean, how, how did the game even go ahead? Were you in the dressing room and you were thinking, look at the pitch. Like, the ball, you drop the ball, it would just flow. You couldn't play football. Now. How did it go ahead? I mean, we were in we were in the hotel before and it was, it was quite okay. And then as soon as we got on the bus, I started to lash. And we're there, this is never going ahead. As soon as we got to the pitch... And what was the vibe like in the squad? You wanted it to go ahead. You wanted to play this oh, game. We, want, we wanted it to. But I, I especially, there's about three or four of us who worked. So we, I, I was running out of holidays with yeah, all this, yeah. these European <laughs> great runs. So we needed it to go ahead. Um, when we got there, like, it was a nice little stadium. Uh, it was just a pity it wasn't in there. I don't know why the man was... Like, you two were having a concert, yeah, is that right? Yeah, you two concert. Yeah. Yeah. That would have really drove me over the <laughs> But um, the pitch was waterlogged. It shouldn't have went ahead. Uh, we had busy fantastic sp- photos out there isn't oh, that? of the water just- I think there's advertising boards in the dugouts they use them to walk around just couldn't even walk in there yeah, yeah, yeah so soggy what did Bocker say to us about this when I said to Bocker I said what, what was he telling you I said a couple of minutes I think it was 67 minutes gone he's putting you on against UV in the biblical rain what did Michael O'Neill say to you before he went on he goes playing bowls next week so don't fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> Sent off. I think he was like me and Bocker and say the exact same team talked to each other. It was, it was amazing. Like, the rain made it. It made it for us. It probably kept us in the game a bit more than it should have. That's probably true. And Dan Murray's miss. Yeah, Remember Dan Murray's miss? Yeah, Dan Murray had some miss as well. But uh, it, was, it was a really good game to play. And again, they were much better than us. But we gave a good account of ourselves that day. And Definitely, yeah. What were you thinking when they were in the wall? You're thinking, oh, Del Piero was in front of me taking a free kick in a competitive game. It's there was, was about three months there where it was unreal football for overs you're, you're looking at all these star players and you're thinking what's going on here mm-hmm. and Del Piero out of them all Raul, Ronaldo he was the one like he was a legend I think Ronaldo was still going he wasn't way. a megastar he, he yeah. just signed from he Madrid he was a superstar yeah. not a mega, but Del Piero was there he's like a hero to all uh, in Italy and then he's hitting a free kick and you're thinking He's not gonna score this. He sticks it in the top corner. <laughs> Stunning. He turned around. I shouted at Alan Manis. I said, "Could you not fucking save it?" <laughs> and then I looked, I looked at Stephen Bradley, and he he said to me, "Will we celebrate with him?" And we <laughs> said, "It's the first time in my life I've ever laughed. I can see it in a goal because we we were probably out." And after the first leg and then they scored that, we knew we were out. But uh, it's just surreal stuff. It yeah. was surreal. It really was. 
So we'll move on now to our new signing, Lee Grace. And uh, we have questions from the, from the East Ham with Lee. And keep in mind that when you hear question number one, this was recorded before the last game we played against Derry. So. Okay, I'm here with the new Robert signing, Lee Grace. He's going to take questions from the East End. And as I told you earlier, Luke Byrne got nine. Michael O'Connor got one. So given that, how confident are you? I'll take five. <laughs> question one. How many league games have Rovers left to play this season? Nine. Ten. Galway won their only FAI Cup in 1991, beating what team in the final? Sligo. Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> Should have guessed that one. Uh. Spell the word questionnaire. Q U. E S T I O N A I R E. You're just missing one end there. You're close. <laughs> Still looking for a point here. What is the capital of South Korea? Ireland played there in 2002. Oh my god. I can't even guess. No. No. It's uh, Seoul. Right. I'm the shocker. Yeah. Which is the larger population, Tipperary or Reykjavik, the capital of Iceland? Tipperary. Yep. Tipperary, 160,000. Reykjavik, 115,000. Yes, First point, right? Yes, Another Tipperary-related question. Name the five clubs Shane Long has played for at senior level. Southampton. Reading. No, can't think of anyone else. Does that include League of Ireland teams? Yeah. Cork. Three. Uh, no, don't know anyone else. You're missing West Brom and Hull. How old is manager Stephen Bradley? I don't want to offend him here. Um, Thirty-five. Thirty-two. What's the Irish word for army? Ugly. There. No, it's not. I don't know. Arm. And tennis question. Who won Wimbledon this year? Men's or women's? Men's. Roger Federer. Correct. And last one. What are the next four words of the famous song Amazing Grace? So, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. Correct. One, two, three. Three points. I'll take that. Satisfied? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> right, so that was Lee Grace with how many cards? Three, was it? Three points for Lee. What did you think of that, Pat? I did well. Uh, I probably would have got more than him. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't mess with him, he's a big boy. Yeah, he is. Fair play to him for calling me out on my sexism. But that women in question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true, very true. Also, you said Ogli Nahiran, the Irish language name for the National Army of Ireland. So I don't know if that's worth half a point. Ogli Nahiran, is that not some sort of hijacked gangster <laughs> association? <laughs> I'm not sure. So maybe three and a half, yeah. <laughs> We're in a good mood, but. He's not going to win anyway. No. So uh, there's a photo of Grace and his debut heading the ball away with you in the background pass sitting in the area reserved for wheelchair users. 
And uh, how good did he look from that angle? What do you think of him so far? First of all, why did you just say about the wheelchair? <laughs> You're trying to bring me down here. Oh, I have to sit beside every winger that I've injured before. So I have to sit <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I was very impressed with him. I watched him when Rovers played Galway, and uh, he's, there was a couple of players, him and the guy up front, I thought did very well. Murray? Yeah. Good player, isn't he? Yeah. And then when Rovers signed him, I, I, I didn't know whether it'd be a fit, and I watched him. Uh, his body shape defending he's powerful in the air and running out with the ball yeah that's what we loved about him those penetrating runs he looked the full package uh, so hopefully time will tell and prove us right because he looks the business it was well needed as well wasn't it now shout out to the What's the Story podcast who gave us a ringing endorsement the other day yeah fair uh, play to him yeah on that note Graham Merrigan sent in a question to us he asked why do you always push him about (laughs) because he's in a wheelchair (laughs) He always sets me up for the joke, so I knocked him out of the park. <laughs> Actually, so I was taking my flag down, and I saw him. He was racing another lad in the wheelchair on the way over from the Glenville game. That's Graham. And he's smoking. Graham Did smoked him. Big money in those wheelchair races. You should get involved. So we have um, Mark Merrigan. Is that his brother? That's his dad. His dad, is yeah. it? The young Mark uh, and dad. And he wants to know, will you ever get over losing the semi-final of the BBFC Mini World Cup back in July 96? So this is the Mini World Cup with really small kids goals they had a how guy, small are we talking like small me? like you couldn't even stretch your arms out that ah way. yeah 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 so really small and they had a guy Graham in a wheelchair covering the width of the goal so we couldn't score by him his dad was the ref <laughs> yeah. the ball got, we were winning or we were losing 1-0 and the ball got stuck under his chair and it, they left it there for like 2 or 3 minutes and the match ended <laughs> like that so it was Mark fuck off Mark <laughs> So we'll move on to now to some other cup results and at least four Premier Division clubs are going out and whatever happens in the Dundalk and Derry game late kick off at Oriel Park we could get that score now could we? Yeah let's get it now actually. Right, we're just actually going to check it live this, this is a force isn't it? So that, that score uh, that was 3-0 uh, Dundalk surprised at that Yeah I kind of fancy Derry to go through but yeah, might be um, extra time even but so there was a shock in the Waterford Shells game as well. Shells bet them 3 0 on their home patch. So Waterford do have a shocking record in the cup in recent years, though. That's the fifth straight year they've gone out in the first hurdle. I couldn't believe it. I mean Shells they've really fallen from grace, haven't they, Pat? I mean, they used to be a big club with good attendances and it's just it's just not happening for them yeah, at the moment. It's, it's it is, it's sad to see as well. It is. I mean I don't I don't like seeing clubs go go like that, you know. I mean yeah. Fair enough, we were saying we'd love to see Bowles get relegated and they could end up doing that, you know, yeah. they couldn't have gone down that road. We well, went to Shells after Pats and uh, was expecting more like from the crowd, you know, granted we were a crap team as well, oh. but I uh, was expecting more more of a crowd there. I know they fell out with the board, but it's sad to see the yeah. stadium's falling down. It's oh, it's in bits. I don't think it's gonna last much longer. I think they're gonna get rid of it. I think some somebody it's it's been sanctioned to be demolished, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I think so, yeah. They've got like a hardcore support of maybe 400 now. I mean, even Cabotieri get 400, I think, in most <laughs> weeks. <laughs> but Stradbroke, yeah. But, uh, but still, Waterford are now seven points clear at the top of the fourth division with five games left, so they look certain for promotion and return to the Premier Division. And um, fourth time since 2007, when you play for them, Pat? <laughs> I tend to win leagues with teams or get them relegated. There's yeah. no, no in-between. There's no in-between, but... Uh, 
I enjoyed my time at Waterford as well, except for... Well, the last game was actually a blessing in disguise because uh, Scully was on to me to sign me for overs. Oh, yeah? And because I was under the age, now it wasn't outstanding. Waterford were saying to hang on for money. I don't know what it would have been, probably just... 500 grand or something for someone like me but I end up I think headbutting someone in the last game and getting sent off so uh, I should do the, man, <laughs> the manager uh, released me live on radio so no way <laughs> I didn't know live radio who which manager Gary Cronin he did not he said I'll never play for the club <laughs> Brilliant. so uh, the best headbutt I've ever thrown in life so other other cup results we have uh, Kevin Healy beat UCD I was reading online that the Ultras were clashing in that the game. The Dublin Derby, yeah. yeah. And uh, Aaron Dahl was Mr. Penn over Wexford when they lost to Crumlin. Yeah, uh, the brother-in-law, Blair, he, um, my wife's brother, he marked him and he said he was surprisingly strong for a small lad and he was impressed with him. But they missed the penalty. Dahl missed the penalty. Their young struggler, Dean Kelly, missed the penalty. And then Jake, you, you must know Jake, Jake McDonnell, Jake O'Donnell, play a fun for shells. Jago from oh, Jake, yeah, Street. Oh, Jake, yeah, yeah he Jake, scored the winner. Yeah. Smashing player, yeah. in fairness. Oh, he's a lovely player. Yeah. Good player. Just uh, I think application might let him down sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, he got the winner. 2 1 win. And uh, they were blessed, really. Missing two penalties. Yeah. I think former Rovers goal player, Mikey Quinn in goal. Sure. I think he was former Rovers. He saved two penalties. So uh, good game for him. The odds for that game were strange. Crumlin were 6 4. Yeah. Wexford were 7 4. 7 4, yeah. Why were Crumlin in favourites? Something going on there. Maybe they just realised Wexford are completely rubbish. <laughs> well, Crumlin did cause an upset last year. We mentioned, yeah, we mentioned last harps, week's yeah. show. The last couple of years, the harps. they've done well in the cup. Knocked Shelburne out one year. Yeah. And they beat Finn, Finn Harps up there as well. So, uh, And another one as well, we have Bowes are out after one game. and In brilliantly dramatic fashion, late Eddie Dasani free free kick. He looks yeah. a bit decent, doesn't he? Bit of a cool hero up there now. Yeah, he's a few goals now. Yeah. Well, we played with him at Longford as well. That's oh, yeah. We actually had a fines list last year and it was <laughs> 20 euro for every time we lost the balls to every player. Got fined if we lost the balls. So he's probably carried on that go for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. probably thinking I'm still going to fine him if he loses. <laughs> it was a 94 minute penalty that took the game to extra time. No oh, man, it's just brilliant. That dramatic yeah. fashion going out on it, I love it. So and I actually told the balls guy in work, he was saying, he scores the balls game because he, uh, he was working and he couldn't look at his phone. And I said to him, they're 3-2, I think it ended 3-2. And I told him they won 3-2, he's going home, going, lovely, into the cup. He went home and checked it, he's seen him today at work. And he goes, you prick, you're a bollocks. The 4-3 we lost. Even the tunnel afterwards, all the, the management team, like Bradsner, Crown and McPhail, they're all looking at their phone, watching that watching that result. Oh, yeah. They're interested in it. So, Bowles still haven't seen the inside of the Abiba Stadium. Oh, and you know they probably the only time they ever go is when they're watching Ireland <laughs> and so much for uh, Rovers Bowes Cup final the first since 1945 that's not happening yeah no I'll take that I'll happily see Bowes go out I said before we move on big congrats to Esker Celtic under 8 they enter two teams into the Stephen Gleeson Cup and Cherry Archer on Saturday uh, my son young Jaden's team went down the knockout stages against Cliftonville but the other team it was very cruel actually because they did uh, they only had three penalties but um the other team went. The other team, other Esker team went on to beat the same Cliftonville in the final. And Jaden led the singing section. This was gas with Dave McAllister's new song. You know the one that goes. But he inserted instead of Dave McAllister, he inserted Esker Celtic instead. So the whole the whole sideline, all the kids were singing. And actually created a really good atmosphere. The game ended four three, and it was a stunning game of football for under eights. And uh, there was some dodgy refereeing decisions as well, and there was there was nearly murder on the sideline between Cliftonville and the ref, and it, w- it was just a really good day. 
And uh, I think the, I saw some hoops coaching the Archers as well, and some some other Rovers fans. And Dave Mulcahy is coaching Evergreen from Corks. So they're under eight. I'm nearly sure it was him, but it, I'm nearly sure it was him. Just just by by looking at him, recognising him, and they're a very good young team. But um, he just signed for a draw, didn't he? Yeah. So it's I don't thirty nine it years young. He's from he's from Waterford as well, isn't he? Dave Mulcahy. But anyway, I think so yeah. Couple of, couple of other notable things in the cup. Mikey Drennan played against Drogs for Evergreen United. Oh yeah, last four nil I think, and uh, Ronald Murray got a hat trick against Colester. The Galway snuck past him on penalties. Evergreen, Evergreen, I don't know from Cork, then I don't know. No, Evergreen from Kilkenny. Ah, Kilkenny, that make more sense. Yeah, so yeah. Dave Mulcahy would be the yeah that makes more sense. I thought they were Cork. And now here's the classified results of the FAI Cup fourth round with Patrick James Flynn. Cabin TD three, UCD one, Waterford nil, Shelburne three, Shamrock Rovers one, Glenville nil. Wexford 1, Crumlin 2, Finharps 4, Bowes Rats 3 after extra time. Cove Wonders 3, Killarney 0, Ballancolig 0, Athlone 5, Bangor 3, Everton AFC 2, Bray Wonders 0, Cork City 1, Longford Town 4, Sligo 2, Cove 0, Limerick 3, Bluebell United 3, Sheriff 0, Portmarnock 0, St. Patrick's Athletic 2, Colester 3, Galway United 3, after extra time, Galway win 7-6 on penalties. Evergreen United 0, Drogheda United 4, and Dundalk 3, Derry 0. Thanks very much for that, uh, Pat, very professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the draw for the second round was scheduled to be made at Soccer Republic on Monday at half six, so by the time you listen to this, you should know our opponents. So who do we want, Carl? Well, besides the obvious, another non-league team. I'll take Crumlin at Bluebell at home. Crumlin or Shells for me. Yeah, take Shells as well. Or Longford at home. Long, yeah, just... Because we always beat Longford. It's, I mean, there's no knows. point playing the big teams <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. Well, uh, let's a senior league team, please. And I mean, it's it's a win-win for both clubs. We'll probably win. And they get a payday of it as well. So it's uh, everyone's happy. So a belated happy, it's happy 70th birthday to Hoops, Mick Leach. And Jason McGinnis as well. Happy birthday to him at the weekend. Big jail. Yeah, big J. I'll tell you what, you know, every every year in my job we seem to get some footballers in because we have casual work and Jay was in one year and he's actually a lovely fella. Really nice guy and uh, we were playing tricks on Gavin Pearce one time as well. We had, uh, we, we pretended that Paul Cook rang Jay McGuinness and he said he said to Gavin, he said, that was Cookie here on the phone. He says, oh yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah, he's up for a centre half and he gave me a call and Gavin Pearce was going mad. He was like, you rang you? You rang you for some time? <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Gavin, he's thick as two fucking planks. I love the clip of his goal against, uh, oh, who was it, Fanad or something in the 2005. Was, was it a like cracker? A, absolute yeah, screamer? Absolute never screamer. I think he said to you that he was. it was a clearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, like I said, lovely fella. He genuinely is. And um, Oh, Douglas Hall, that was it. Yeah. Douglas Hall, yeah, there we go. So what up? Next we have a sad, sad day. In football, the legendary Gary Twig has retired from professional football and he had this to say. So, after 17 years of playing football, the time has come for me to hang them up. The decision was a very easy one, with the last few years having a really tough time with injury. I've had some amazing highs and some real lows, but that's what football gives you. I had the honour of representing great clubs, I played under some top managers and learned a lot from them. I had the privilege of playing with some top footballers and played against some of the best. I just want to thank anyone who ever helped me in achieving the things I did. Look forward to the next chapter in my life and building more memories. 
So what, what can we say about this guy that hasn't already been said? I mean, he's a legend on and off the pitch. I mean, we have signed photos here in Johnny Blues. He gave me my most memorable moments following Rovers 2010 and Bray, scoring from that impossible angle in the two-all draw that eventually won us the league in goal difference. 2-1 versus Bowles, very first derby in Tala. The goal versus Bowles where he turned Ken O'Man inside out, winding Bowles fans up every chance he got, celebrating every goal like it was a cup final winner. I mean... Just love scoring goals, and and you did you get that vibe off as well? Did he love scoring? Oh, goals? he loved it. He was even in training, he was unmarkable, and he was just hungry to score goals. Yeah. And I'm sure he had a, a goal bonus, so he's hungry for money, like all Scottish people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was sweet. He just he dug me out of so many holes. The time I got sent off against Bowes. We have some Scottish listeners as well. The Hibs, foreign hand, hoop oh, supporters. I heard, so I heard the one last week. Yeah. <laughs> they like that one. Um, I he's he's brilliant now. He's, he did dig me out of some holes because I was pretty sure after the Bowes thing I was getting fucked out of the club till Twiggy oh. went and scored that goal oh, yeah. when he turned Kennel Man inside oh, out. inside out. He's, he's, he's given me some of the best moments. When he first came to the club and he, he played Bray, I was there, who's this lad? He doesn't look at it. But really? It just every chance he gets, he just scored. I remember I was at a very first game in Athlone and Lissy Wallen and... Uh, I think it was it was Car Birmingham across the ball in and he just buried the header and everybody's looking around going something something to this fellow, you know. I think somebody in one a fan saw him in training and put a few quid in him. No, that was probably Steve Siri. Albert Air Physio, was it? I could I'm not sure who it was, but someone put put money on him and they won a few quid in him for top scorer because he was unknown at the time, but um eighty eight goals in total. Or 89, 89 he'll, tell you, he'll yeah. tell you it's 89. Yeah. 81 in the league, he'd have smashed Paddy Ambrose's record if he'd stayed another couple of seasons. Absolutely, smithereens, he would have smashed it. But uh, thanks for everything, Twiggy. Yeah, definitely, thanks for all the memories. So, Thank you, um, Twiggy. <laughs> <laughs> we saw you put up three dates on Twitter, Pat, uh, 16th of May 2009, 8th of August 29th of October 2010. What more needs to be said about, uh, or what more needs to be said about winning the title in Bray in 2010? Twig has always said it was his best night in football. How special was it for you? It was, uh, I've said it, I've said it to everybody, I've said it to me, Mrs. More than my kids being born or being mm-hmm. married, that was the best <laughs> night of my life. Um, Sorry, love. <laughs> you, you spend every day with these fellas and you're there for two or three hours a day and you're working for something and it's, you're, you're lifting the cup and it's not the money you might get at the end of it. It's that 30 minutes feeling at the end in the dressing room we've given you all we've given season. it all because to be honest we'd a spine of a good team we'd right through the middle we were quite decent then we'd okay lads probably like me and a few others who were just hungry for it so we had to work hard to be the best and at the end whether it was a point or goal difference whatever it was just to say you were the best and have your 30 minutes of, like feeling madness on, on the, the pitch with the fans and it's brilliant you, you can't buy those uh Feelings, it's unbelievable. And Mark Lynch has asked, Has the league trophy ever fully recovered from the loaf Flynn I gave it at the presentation? Right, where did that come from? Because <laughs> I was in the crowd, I'm looking up going, Why is Flynn bleeding? <laughs> My whole family was out, and I think I had a price. Your family's over there, so I'm getting on the podium. And who lift was it? Twiggy had the thing around his head, I think. Did That's he? right, scarf around his head, and I think he was lifting. Yeah. Who, li- who was the captain? Was it? Oh, God. It wasn't that Murray was no. injured, wasn't he? Dan Murray lifted it anyway, didn't he? Good question. Who was the he was captain? injured for that run? Wouldn't have been managed. It was. It was Murray, I think. Murray. So I was behind him. He lifted it and he fucking split me open with it. He did. I thought. Was that what it was? I thought it was self-induced. I thought you grabbed it and just went. Oh, the people really think I have one. I thought. Oh, that's what it was. I thought. 
I was on the podium <laughs> celebrating. Yeah. The next thing, everybody was shouting at me, you're bleeding. And I didn't know. And the rain made it worse. <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a epic, big scratch. Epic Remember was, Justin Mason saying that he genuinely thought you headbutt the trophy. And it actually never occurred to him that it was accidental. Not once. I sw- I'm only finding out now that it was accidental. I just thought, oh yeah, he loved it. That's, well, that's, that's saying that. Dan Murray is British and it's something that'll sneak you guys out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, good old Dan. Good uh, good saving that Rovers anyway. Best captain I've played under. Really? Nice. Top class like, organisation skills with something we're missing at the moment to be because honest. Because he wasn't the quickest. He was really good in the air and he's good in the ball but if the ball was down the upside of the field he, he just talked and it'd be at a point where he was annoying you but all, he knew Relevant he was keeping stuff. you on your toes. Yeah, That's deadly. all he wanted to do and I think he, he got, got a bit of sticker over fans even towards before he left and I don't think they realised how much they missed him till he was gone yeah you're still missing him people yeah, still def- tell you that definitely yeah. true yeah. definitely him, true him and Conor Kenna is up there as well as a really good captain oh yeah yeah, yeah Conor is really good now it's, he uh, was off the boil with us in fairness but him like, like I said Dan Murray and Sivez that partnership was absolutely unbelievable they just top class I mean centre halves don't really get player of the year do they and he was top class one this year. Uh, Sivez was one year, so I'm not sure if he's still playing. He's but he was a Cowden beat. Is that the last team he was in? I think he retired. Maybe. I think he did retire recently. Yeah. So um, now we're going to move on to uh, the infamous house in Fair House. Were you ever involved in any of the nocturnal antics in that house? Um, no, I was in the house once, and I heard Bocker was barred. Is that right? Bocker was barred. Yeah, because <laughs> I think he'd hit out on him at the time. So. <laughs> Sean O'Connor used to pick Bucker up and he used to say oh, I used to have to check under my car every morning just in case <laughs> just in case there was nothing left under it but I was in it once I think it was dropping something up I think I actually gave them a tray of Coca-Cola <laughs> for the just before Chris oh, I'm not sure what I was there for but it was those sessions I was never there now no the house would be upside down I'd say yeah and uh, of course you know what Twiggy's going through right now because you retired at the end of last season and of course you released that colourful statement that went viral about Rovers. You said, uh, to everyone at Shamrock Rovers, thank you, Friday nights. And coming from my house, you could see the floodlights pulling on that famous green and white and hearing the fans sing as you wait in the tunnel and the teasing smell of burgers and chips as you wait for the whistle to blow. It's what you dream of. I was just a fan that got lucky. So when your thought process as you sat down to write that, was it just, just did it come out straight away? Did you have to think about it? I did, it? yeah. I was, I was in bed and the missus was sleeping. I'd finished... Uh, that night was my last game against uh, Rovers, and I said I better. Say, I wanted to say thanks to like people who've helped me because yeah. a lot of people have done a lot for me, and I couldn't. I didn't want to leave people out, so instead of name and particular managers or player, I just said all the managers. All the, but when I wrote it, it just flowed because because it was honest. It was just came out. That yeah. thing about Rovers, like anyone will tell you, if, whether they play, they're a Pats fan or whoever they are. When you pull on like that jersey. And you're walking out and you can hear the fans singing the goosebumps you get, the nerves before you go out and play. And then, like, the balls game, you won 2-1, you're losing 1-0 all game. And you're like, balls, what's happening? And in two minutes, it changes. And the goosebumps, you go in the dressing room, you go mad. And that's another half hour you spend with your mates who've worked hard and you, you go mental, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the... the uh, Statement did go viral. I wasn't expecting it to go that viral, but uh, I was brilliant. Though it was, it was well deserved as well. I mean, like I said, we've we we loved you at Rovers. Let's be honest, because Tom in particular, I mean, the Tom and my brothers here as well, and uh, it was just 
you said that you weren't one of the more talented players, but when you have the heart and the application, that that wins fans over. Fans recognise that. Fans recognise that one hundred percent. And I I love anyone who was willing to play for the jersey genuinely, and that's the vibe we got from you. So that's why you were such a fan favourite. It's because you wore your heart in your sleeve and you genuinely cared about Rovers, and that shines through. You know the ones who don't care, the fucking Brennans, those doorboards, and. The, the ones who just don't give a bollocks about the club. And did you get on with the Brennans? Well, I never. I Sean Brennan, I played with a Shells. Uh, we got on. Seemed like a quiet fella now. Quiet one of the four. Aido Price played with Killian and Pats and said we'd actually get on with the same sense of humour now. Yeah. <laughs> I had the question Aido on that but <laughs> I mean, just if if something rubs off on fans from just playing football, you can only imagine as they are as people. I mean, that's the way I feel about it. I mean, we just can't stand the guys because their attitude was stinking and really poor and application as well just never shone through at all. So that's that's our reason for not liking the guys. But listen, it's uh, it's football, you know. And like I said, we would we we'll do it now. We'd like to thank Pat for all his service <laughs> for Rovers and uh, genuinely genuinely was a fantastic time following the hoops. Absolutely, yeah, really was. So this is my favorite line, by the way, from your retirement statement. Football gave me the chance to play for all of Dublin's big clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That's true, except for Cabin Teeley. <laughs> Props to, Ca- to Cabo. Yeah. Was it surreal the way it took off? The way it went viral, like BBC and all sorts of media were picking it up. It, it really was. Like, uh, I heard Matt Holland reading it out on his show. I think someone oh, sent really? me a link. That's cool. I don't know, Five Live football show or whatever ah, it was. Brilliant. We think it was genuine. It wasn't a typical... Like football or statement, which is what we yeah. hate at from the East End. We hate it's like we always say it as a handbook given to footballers. Say, listen, read from this. This is how you answer interviews. This is how you do it. We don't want any of that. We don't want someone to say, oh yeah, well uh, the three points were, we're we've got to got the three points. I know I scored, but listen, it's all about the team and things like that. I hate those. I hate those. That's why we have multi madness. We try and get the ex players in. Whoever we knew, we knew you had something about you. We knew you've got an, <laughs> you're an was, interesting guy. It was genuinely funny. This day. Yeah, um, my wasn't too happy with it. I didn't bring up. I didn't bring up that line. Are you going to mention that? What was the line exactly? Passion in the bedroom or something. Oh, I said if my kids have four passion in the bedroom and one yeah. pitch, they do well. That's true. Like she's an animal. <laughs> <laughs> but um. At, she woke up the next morning and says why have I got because I wrote that at 11 why is my phone hopping and she goes why have I got something and she goes everybody's saying did you see what Padre wrote did you see what she wrote and she took it well the, the statement like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry love sorry <laughs> uh, yeah so um, we'll move on now we have some news uh, some league news Ford Sule of Bowes won the player of the month award had a good month the Shetland pony I was calling him <laughs> uh, Stephen Kenny signed a new contract until 2020 uh, footage of Alan Bennett's red card was released absolute definite red did you see it? I didn't see it again oh, De- John Coffey is going to have to eat his awards we hate him on this show I do anyway with his fucking eyebrows and his <laughs> stupid head <laughs> but um, you had me obsessed with his eyebrows yeah. now after you said that he I always looks surprised I can't help but staring at them now <laughs> but um, no definite red card and Geoff, Geoff, I'm waiting for the apology John you're going to have to apologise to Bradzer and Webby because, I mean, it was a damning statement from him, wasn't it? No, madness, madness. John Caulfield said that an innocent man was sent off. There's a rumour going around that he stamped, but we have the video. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's quite clear. Actually, it's comical because Dave Webster runs past him, 
puts his hand out, falls to the ground, and they all ran around him. Alan Bennett really is distraught about it because his record is impeccable. He would never do a thing like that. Fucking hell. And Stephen Bradley had the complete opposite view of it, saying, it's absolutely scandalous how John Caulfield can say our player should apologise to Alan Bennett. It's clear as anything that Alan pushes him to the ground, first of all, and then goes and stamps on his chest. Dave Webster has three stub marks to show it as well. For John to suggest that he was lying, once our player to apologise is unbelievable. The stamp is so obvious, it's frightening. So how can two people such have such views, different yeah. views of a video? It's one it's thing like it happens. It's the cork mentality, isn't it? It's one thing that happens in the moment. These these are looking at a video, and they have completely different views of this. In fairness, I said to you, he's after stamping on him. I I, I saw it, so I mean, uh, he he did do it. Definitely stamped on him. So uh, I wonder if that'll uh, that'll lead on to a, maybe a, a four match ban if they review it. Also, when Bennett walked off, he didn't really protest at all. But he ended up in a row with uh, Darren Dillon. I know, what, what did I say to you? Yeah. Don't fuck with him. <laughs> He'll put you in a knot. He'll tie you up. You wouldn't fancy a fight with him. No, certainly not, not, man. No. He, the guy, he's like Alan Manis. His body's a temple. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a he's, and the only TRX master in Ireland. I'm not fucking with a TRX <laughs> master. <laughs> We're going to try and get him on the horse at the end of the season as well because he's a lovely fella and really accommodating when it comes to... I interview the lads in um, Kickstarter Fitness and they're really good staff look after me every time give me somewhere to do the interview and they're offer oh, you, do you want a coffee do you want a tea just really nice people and Darren Dillon's the same so delighted to still have him on board and uh, we're starting to see real progress so also the clip of uh, James doing his goal if you notice for some reason Mikey O'Connor wheels away for his own celebration yeah he's like oh that was me that was all me and, was and the cameraman follows him yeah I'm looking and, around going where's then, the invasion and then the where's camera the, comes back it's like oh no he didn't score where's the 300 people that just enveloped the, the whole crowd there do you know what it was really like it was really like Ray Houghton's header against England in Euro 88 you know oh. that one Pat because yeah. because the camera initially followed John Aldridge <laughs> yeah but Houghton scored it so then it came back to Aldridge it's, it's like, like oh yeah it came back to the score yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Ryan Connolly now. This is a uh, this is quite interesting. Now he's talking about his toe injury. He said that he has insoles that he uses. I don't really see it improving. There was talk of an operation, but if I was to get that operation, you're looking at it being a career-ending injury. Now he spoke to us about this at the start of the season or when he did get injured. He played it down. Yeah, played it down. He goes, oh, "I'll be grand questions from the East End." I was talking to him about it, and he said, "If I went for the operation, there was only a slight chance of me playing again." So I won't be going for an, for any operation. It doesn't affect me regarding my performance. It's non-existent when I play, but it hurts me when I don't play. I mean, what's the name or the injury of that condition? Has he got like I've fallen arches? Affects your back and your lower body. So I'm thinking, is it that? But if it's his toe, like what is it? What's the injury? What's the actual injury? He goes in to the physio or the hospital and says, "How are you? I'm injured." They'll come back to him and do the tests and do things. Oh yeah, this is what's wrong with you. I want to know what it is. That if he has an injury, if he has an operation, is his career could be a risk. It's a strange one. It's a strange one, all right. I mean, definitely hope he gets better because uh, a good member of the squad. So, can you? Well, what do you think of that? It's a strange one, isn't it? It is. It's, I've, that's the first I've heard. But now that it could a be career and an injury, and if you have an he's operation, a good player on his way up as well. Yeah. So. And the prayers likes him as well. So that's that counts for something. <laughs> one of our pals here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's on his way down. He's late, isn't he? <laughs> Give him a uh, make a ring there, Tom. Sure, we see him at the Galway Bar on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is uh, it's actually not called he's not a butler he's in you got the official name did you? yeah someone's Ayud Ayud 
I don't know, forget it. I can't remember what it was, but listen, he's not a butler either way. <laughs> so uh, we'll move on to the 19s. They won 4 2 on Galway on Saturday with Dean Dillon and Sean Boyd with a brace each. So it's good to see Boyd score. Uh, he needs the confidence, doesn't he? There was a debut in that game, uh, Josh Hogan, who had signed from Pats. So he went straight into the team? Mm-hmm. He must have been a bit of a player then. Uh, what else we got? We have next up for the 19s is Limerick at home on Sunday so the new 15th season will begin on the 20th of August on Sunday and it's home to Galway and they play their games uh, Tala or Rollstone depends what's available um, Wednesday the under 15s beat Galway United 1-0 in their first game in the Galway Umbro Cup Dylan Duffy got the late goal on Thursday they drew 0 all with Dungannon Swifts and on Friday they drew 1-0 all with Leeds United and the goal was scored by Shane Nealon so in a repeat of their final group game they met Leeds again in the final same score 1-1 and the Hoops won the cup on penalty so congratulations to Duffer and Lukey Bourne for uh, the first bit of silverware yeah well done I love the Galway Cup medals as well if you saw a picture of them online no, they're they cool, were kind of square medals yeah, yeah it's something different so uh, Pat have you been keeping an eye on their preparations at Rollstone do you get to see much of it at all yeah, well, it's a big a couple... season for any young fella isn't it yeah oh, it is Yeah, I've seen a couple of their uh, games and they've, they've good players there they've a defender I like playing right back and kneeling up front he really must have split someone well. over didn't he <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the ones that <coughs> run through a wall of you but yeah, because yeah. we train different days and then we don't get to see them much unless there's games going yeah. on but um, he has a lot to work with there Damien in fairness to him so. yeah it's a big pool isn't it and yeah. I mean it's personally I think it's a fantastic decision to put him in there and it's not just I think they're using the star power in a, in the right way as well As but he obviously has talent as it comes to a coach but his star power will attract good players and I think that's a good idea because let's say for instance there's a fantastic player playing for Kevin's or Belvo or something like that right and Duffer wants him and he's going to show up at the house or whatever however I'm not sure how you sign players in this league I'm just going to spout out an imaginary situation Duffer shows up at the house says to the parents listen I want your son to sign for Shamrock Rovers he's going to Rovers Duffer's in your gaff Duffer, have a cup of tea there. Hold on, Steve McPhail's driving. Hold on, he's on his way in. <laughs> Steve McPhail and Duffer sitting on your couch. You're signing for Rovers. It's genius in my opinion, anyway. Duffer did an interview during the Galway Cup and a very straight talker. I mean, he looked like a bit of a disciplinarian, in fairness. You see him on, as a pundit. You've just no nonsense. Yeah, no nonsense. A bit yeah. of a Jimmy Savile lookalike yeah, like no, interview Jesus as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, Bradley criticised the inclusion of St. Kevin's in the under 15s league do you have an opinion on that Pat? Um, it's, to be fair it's hard for all those uh, these big s- schoolboy clubs not happy are they with Rollers? no because I think Joey's sort of had to get involved with uh, Bray and now, now that Kevin's are going it by themselves is it unfair to Joey's having to get involved with Bray other clubs like Crumlin having to link in with Pats the Orchard are with Pats now the Orchard Pats with Pats and Delvedere with Pats yeah. as well so like clubs are making these links all over the place as well but um, just what, what you were saying about Damien as well like being a star attraction for players I think the club itself when you go up to that Roadstone what, we got Rovers, a tour of. what Rovers are offering um, stunning isn't it yeah, and even for me I'm looking at other training sessions and I'm seeing the coaching and it's it's top class it really is and it's good because Stephen Bradley Glenn Cronin uh, McPhail Barrett they all go down and coach young lads as well it's not Bradley's just not do a session or two with young lads as yeah, well which, yeah. is, which is good because it mixes it up for the young lads keeps them fresh and you're saying the first team managers here having a look at me or 
So three, three. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes, yeah. doesn't it? It's just a good vibe. Yeah. So we're talking about the DDSL, but who did you play for? We yeah. played for Joey's. So you played for Joey's, yeah. yeah. That kind of being from Bally Brack, yeah. you would have, yeah. Oh, I'm posh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and you went to Wolves when you were 15. So what other clubs did you go and try with or were interested in you? Um, to be honest, I was this height, probably five, ten or eleven, whatever I am. Yeah. When I was 14, 13, so I was big. So with a lot of clubs out of Arsenal, after me, Blackburn, Man City. Um, when they're yeah. when they're shit now, yeah. <laughs> and you you went on trial with these as well. Yeah? Went on trial. I was asked to sign for them. And what's all. the trial? Did, did you enjoy going on trial? Was it a bit lonely? Uh, at, at the start, I loved it. It was a bit nerve wracking, and then um, towards the end, like you used to go every time there's a break, so it could be Easter, summer, and uh, near Christmas you go as well. Yeah. And we knew about six or seven clubs wanted to sign me, but then. But, it becomes a chore going away. Yeah, on trial. yeah. Bocker spoke similarly yeah. about that. He said there was a lot of clubs after him, and I, I, I can be witness to that because I played in the same league as Bocker, and he was, he was top class. He was shit hot. That's being honest. And he spoke quite candidly in his interview, saying that people pulled out and Leeds didn't even want him, and he actually begged them. He said, "Listen, give me a one year," and then six months later, he got three, a three year contract out of him. But the, um, the interest from all the other clubs. Did it, did it give you a bit of a, you know, did, did it make you confident? And it did, yeah. It, like, you, you, you're a big deal when you went back to school, because I still had to be in school. You're a big deal when you went back to school around all your mates, things like that. So I felt like head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But if we had to do it all again, like Arsenal offered big money for me to go there and Wolves offered very little, but Wolves felt like a family club. If we had to do right. it all again, I'd still do the same. The only thing is... When the boys from Arsenal got released, they came to Wolves. When I got released from Wolves, I went to fucking Torquay and yeah. Kidderminster. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. it was tough, but all roads led to Rover. So yeah, so uh, it worked out well. When you first signed, Dennis Irwin, Mark Kennedy, John Melligan, I think Paul Butler, maybe Keith Andrews, all these Irish players, did they have an effect on you? Did they, they try did, to yeah. help you settle in? Yeah, Keith was huge for me. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I'd stay in Keith's probably once or twice a week. Like he was really good at, at the time. He got in, he's Wolves' youngest captain, I think. Ah, uh, nineteen. Yeah, wasn't he? yeah. And then he got I don't know what Dave Jones came in and Keith was suspended for the start of his reign and uh, he got just got bombed out of the squad. I think he might have had an injury as well. But Keith looked at was with the reserves a lot and looked after the young lads. He looked after all the Irish. Uh, Mark Kennedy was the same. A lot of people. What was Kennedy like? He had a brilliant interview on off the ball. I think it was with Kevin Caban, and it was he spoke really truthfully. Like he spoke the truth about a lot of things. He had a beef with someone. Who was that? Again? Oh, he had a beef with a few people. Yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. Hold was on. it Brian Kerr? I think it might have been Brian Kerr who had the beef up. But either way, it was a really good interview. So what? What was Kennedy like? He was, was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. They all just loved. Irwin like was Irwin. Irwin, Irwin would have been really, at the end of his career, wouldn't he? At the end, he followed Wolves. That's the only reason he left. Really? Yeah. That's the only reason. Like when you finish it, you know, you just finish. Yeah, yeah. He followed Wolves, so he wanted to do a season, and uh, he'd, he'd stay back at me sometimes, spend 20, 30 minutes doing cross and finishing. I think after 20 or 30 minutes, he said, Fucking hell, you're shite. You're not going to do it. <laughs> so you went home. But uh, same, Mark Kennedy was great. I think just after his driving ban, he came in and said, Wait, you see the car I drive tomorrow? Drove in, or, I don't know whether it was a red Lamborghini or Porsche or whatever. And he no goes, way. wait, you see the one I drive in the next day? It was the exact same car, just black or something. <laughs> no way, different colour one there's, as well. There's me and me Peugeot 206 beside. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking you were the man though. <laughs> in your retirement statement though, you actually called Dennis Irwin your hero. He is, yeah. And I, I loved him because I played right back. And I watched him the first, when Ronaldo 
uh, start breaking through at Man United. It was really, really good. And nobody could deal with him. And I watched Dennis Irwin at Wolves and his cleverness just usher him out of play. His positioning was so good. And as a man, like when I was at Wolves with him, he was just so nice. He he'd like stay back and help me with training and, and that, that made me that made me love him more, do you know that way? And he, he's one of those underrated sports stars, I think, just yeah, because he, he played was so fullback, quiet though, John. wasn't he as well though? Even yeah. even apart from being a fullback, he was a really quiet guy as well. Yeah. Not media not interested in the media like skulls yeah. or he used to just come, do his training, play his man everything he did was seven, eight out of ten and then home. Yeah. No messing with him. And uh, staying on Wolves, what was the meaning of Pathlin? And Paul Gascon, like, was it as epic as it sounds? Um, not really. I couldn't understand him, and he couldn't understand me. Um, I, there was one day in the weight Looking room. Looking around for a translator. Going, there was one day in the weight room. We, brought, we used to be there to reserve by ourselves on a Saturday when the first team were playing. And Gazza obviously couldn't play first team. So I brought in Charlie and the Boys CD, and one of the songs on it is Gaza. Gaza, who the fuck is Gaza? Yeah. And uh, he goes, is this about me? And he fucking, he's actually laughing at it. Yeah. But after, he was really good as well. Like, he helped us to play, and but he's just, he's mad. The stories he used to tell us were. Yeah. And do you know what? I said they're all true. They are true. He said yeah. he dressed up an ostrich uh, in a Spurs kit and brought it to the training ground just because one of the lads in Spurs had a big neck just to say it looked like him. I don't know where he got the ostrich. He's gone the length there, isn't he? Brilliant. Something um, So you spent a couple of months at Torquay. Um, where, what was the deciding factor in going to Turkey how, how did that come about I was released from Wolves uh, and when uh, you were released right? I always want to know I know it was a tough time Yeah. Where, how does it how does, how does it happen did it bring you into an office Yeah. because we heard about Brian Kerr he was told uh, he found out he was sacked from the FAI by his car company because the car company says oh yeah they rang him up and said we're coming here to take the car and he was like why he said oh well we were just told to take the car so that's how he found that he was sacked apparently and things like that I always want to know how they how do they go about it they bring you into an office yeah they? well I could have been sacked from walls a few times a few sentences <laughs> off over there as well but um, the, after my four years were up I broke my foot at the end of my four years so they had to keep me on to get me fit they kept me on got me fit and then I started doing really well so they kept me on for another two months it was just a month to month contract yeah and then um the chief executive came in and just one day said come for a meeting and I just scored the night before so I said to me dad I think I'm getting a contract here oh. I went in and he says well, look we're going to have to release you we failed you're not part of our plan well, basically you're not good enough is what the gist of it was I, I was disappointed I, I knew I wasn't good enough I was disappointed Glenn Hoddle is the manager at the time arsehole Glenn if you hear this guy <laughs> But, uh, really? but uh, <laughs> I was disappointed he didn't know because he he wasn't great with young lads. He never really thought. He, was he a bit of a Charlie? That was actually my next a, question. What was Glenn Hall like as a manager? A, he wasn't a Charlie. Like he, he'd come in and he'd be good around the first team. And we were at the time we were with the first team as well. And in training, he's still the best player. So good. Really? Yeah. Him and Ince like were unbelievable. And they'd be just spraying the ball to each other. <coughs> but. Uh, just you'd look at him in the morning. I don't know whether it's an Irish thing when you look at someone, you always say, All right, yeah, how are you? And that's the general you, thing, how are you with Starry or whatever. Put his head down and walk by it. And I couldn't get, I just thought he hated me, but he was doing it to all the lads. Yeah, it's just kind of rude, really, I, isn't I, it? We just bought new Adidas Predator boots when the flags were just out and oh. an Ireland flag and air on one and 32 on the other. So no, it could have been something. You didn't know. I could ask him for trouble. <laughs> <laughs> just on Glen Hall, actually, I find it bizarre 
that there's always calls for him to be given the England job, even though he's been out of the game for over 10 years. Sure, didn't he get some crazy person in to... Have you noticed that? What, 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 being yeah, and, and what did Ray Parler do? Ray Parler sat down beside and goes, yeah, two back and sides, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> he never played for England again, bro. I mean, Drury, yeah. Based on what Pat said, I'm not surprised he's been out of the game mm. over a decade. But. He, he, to me, he, he didn't seem a great manager now. That's my view of him. Like He seemed like he still wanted to be a player. Mm. And he, he could attract big players, that was his thing, but... He, you look at his form with England Wolves whoever he was he never no, really he never did it, did, it, did he I, th- I think it's just because he's an Englishman and he might be a good talker on television that and he's blagged his way into a couple of things has he when you're out of a job people forget like how bad you were when you were in a job that's <laughs> yeah, why people true, think yeah. I'm good <laughs> so we're going to move on to the legendary man himself Michael O'Neill and Pat, what was Michael O'Neill's key to success? I mean, with such big personalities in there like Twig, Turner, Bocker, Sullivan. I mean, how did he manage it and how did he handle you guys? I mean, a bunch of lunatics. Yeah. All great footballers, but still, tough to manage. He, he gave us a bit of leeway, in fairness. I, t- I think him and Bocker were probably on the same wavelength. Bocker and Michael O'Neill. <laughs> they were pretty close, but he was, he was good. His, his man management, he knew how to manage players. That was huge. Uh, he was so in-depth with uh, little parts of the game which you could get the best out of players but I'd, I'd say overall as man man he knew how to get me up to a certain level and not get me sent off I'm like, hearing get- this all the time Bocker said the same thing to us he said that he'll never tell us how but he said Mick O'Neill managed him perfectly so he, 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 managed, he managed Bocker perfectly he gave Bocker a bit of rope and let him be mad in the dressing room and, but when it came to there was a serious time and it was when you leave say Tallis Stadium to go and play Galway, as soon as you're on that bus, it's serious. It's games him. So he'd probably say to him, he'd, he'd let him be mad to a certain extent. Yeah. And Bocker realised that and he'd say, okay, listen, he has given me yeah. a bit of rope. And Michael played yeah. football, so we know, like, what, what we sure, had a rope. Didn't he outscore Gascoigne in one season at Newcastle? Yeah. He certainly did, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That was one of your stats, Carl. You came up with that when we I before. I think it was mine, but. What we had Shut up, Carl. We yours. had that year, like, <laughs> I mean, he, he signed clever. Like, there was, to get rid of Jerry O'Brien was a huge thing. Yeah, that was uh, that was that funded Gary Twig. Funded Gary Twig. Yeah. yeah, imagine when that didn't happen. And like to bring in the likes of uh, Webb at the time, Sivez. And when Sivy came in, I played three preseason friendlies, and I thought he was terrible. Yeah, and he came good. He brought in Webb. Uh, Remember him? Webb as well. Uh, Chisholm. There was these boys. Lost Chisholm with the left foot. Oh, they're all we thought he was good. Going forward. Yeah, they, no, they, they were. Really, so he he bought really clever, and what he what he gave to the team was characters because. I think a lot of football teams I've played in myself and recently there hasn't there hasn't been a mad lad a skillful lad a quiet lad it's all ro- it's a bit robotic in some teams do you know what I mean? Oh, so, if, do you know if you listen back again well I think this might have been off here we're talking, we're talking Bucker's a hot topic at the moment he said he reckons we're missing that he reckons at the moment Rovers are missing that madman, that mix of personalities. That's what well, he reckons. I, I think this is me personally because I've watched them all the last. I think they're getting there. Yeah. Like personality wise, even I know a few of them are. We can't really comment because yeah. we're not in the dressing room. But well, you I might know a little bit more. I only know. know one or two personally myself, but I know true other players like a few yeah. of them are mad. I know, like you need lads like Gary Shaw work their, ball, their balls off. Yeah. Like, uh, Webby, he was a good fella at the back, but. He mess a bit off the pitch now. Yeah, that way. Yeah. Simon Madden's the same. Like, yeah, and it, it's infectious. Like, with but these. you know what? You would never think Simon Madden was a prankster because of his attitude on the pitch. 
the way he works, the way he gets up the pitch, the way he never stops. You'd think, oh yeah, he's probably just a nice, normal fella. You wouldn't yeah. think he's Dennis such a messer. Type. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't think he's such a messer, you know, because he's such a good yeah. attitude on the pitch. Yeah, he's a messer. Already. Never moans, never does that. Pockets, mess. pockets full of broccoli for you. That's it. Pockets full of broccoli. <laughs> he was a messer when he took my place right back. So, an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're probably not surprised at all about how well. MON is doing with Northern Ireland the yeah. poison chalice let's ah, be honest like he's done he's done so well with them because realistically you've, you've six counties probably to choose out of and out of them six <laughs> counties like probably one or two of them are majority Catholic he's what he's brought in he's brought in Jim Magilton uh, Devine he's brought in a lot of it's probably no. He's brought in Catholics, and it's probably to keep Catholics playing for Northern Ireland, <laughs> which is a good team because uh, Club Enoid, our youth team, have been doing really well. Um, the North as a whole, as sport, like the GA is probably the most competitive league. They produce the best boxers. Uh, the footballers are some people would say overachieving. Yeah. Uh, Very true. I would agree with that. Are they producing better sportsmen? Is it maybe the budget they're getting from the? British government I don't know but they're, they're doing something right yeah, that, geez, that's that's an argument for another day isn't it that's a whole different discussion altogether but, um, oh, I almost made the quarterfinals of the Euros only for yeah. a Gareth Bale free kick that could have been me playing or, or Ryan Michael about four years ago <laughs> locked you've got some more noise yeah. blood in you and I rang him and says I'm from the island and now we never answered it was a voicemail about three in the morning <laughs> <laughs> says, I'm from the island this is talk the truth me dad I'll sing God Save the Queen I don't mind all that he says I'll play for you and you never rang me back I haven't heard since <laughs> delete <laughs> and uh, staying on Michael Neal is it true that after you were sent off right after coming on as a sub against Sligo which was 2011 that he called you Hannibal Lecter that's true first, first of all give us this story oh he hadn't played in about I'd say five games Pat Sullivan was playing itching did really itching. well and he got sent off not like Pat Sullivan to get sent off the two <laughs> So he got sent off. Jim and Jilton comes up to me and goes, will I do an RDX? Will I try an RDX? Go for it, definitely. This is your fucking chance. Don't fuck it up. Keep the ball simple. Pass it to the white man and don't get in any trouble. <laughs> Two minutes later, I was walking by Jim. <laughs> 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 I was walking That's by Jim. That's actually a good accent. I was walking by Jim after being sent off and I looked at Jim and I said, sorry about that. <laughs> I went into Pat Sullivan in the dressing room and he goes, it's all right, you don't need to come in to me. He goes, I don't need anybody in here. Go out and sit in the bench. You're not going on. He says, I'm after being on. He says, what are you doing? He says, I'm after being sent off. So I'm fair. We got the warmest showers that night. The lads probably all got cold. And, but that was... Was that my last game for over? I think it was, yeah. Mm, like, sent off and just, uh, that's sorry, sorry to remind you, but I think you were sent off in your last two appearances because it was UCD as well in the cup. The UCD one was harsh. Like, I, I, I felt... I had a reputation and something. So, I'll tell you what right now, right? Refs do talk about players and their reputations. Hundred percent. Before that game, for every game, they're saying Pafflin's playing. Keep an eye on him. I guarantee you, because I know a ref from the League of Ireland personally, and they talk about tactics. They talk about players, what the things to look out for if they're throwing headbutts or anything like that or anything blading. So <laughs> definitely, I reckon you. I reckon you were the the victim of. Uh, or, you were definitely a target before well, it was it was my own fault as well because I did silly things and then when I actually did try to shake it and talk to refs before games all this I, I couldn't shake it <laughs> yeah. and, and like, I, I'd get red cards they're talking to you just kind of turning away going yeah I have to do referee <laughs> stuff over here <laughs> I'd get a red card for things lads I'd get yellows for it I wouldn't even get so 
it was bad refereeing as well, but was, uh, I brought it on myself. In and yeah. what, what about the UCD one that was like was right after Belgrade, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was one near of the, the half line, I think. Yeah, it was at the half yeah. line. So one of their boys torn, we either was, I might have been playing centre back maybe. There was two of us at the back because it was, I think it was their corner. They cleared it and their striker torn me and I sort of checked them and I blocked them and the right back was covering in behind and he sent me off because he said I was last man and it was the halfway line with a keeper there and the right side there's two of us at the back yeah. against one and the right side of the fellow was cut. now that was the one I mean there's a whole half to go to run a, into there that's that's no, debatable in no, fairness I've had probably about 15 seconds off my career that was the one that wasn't yeah <laughs> you were 2-0 up and uh, they came back to draw 2 all that's right, I remember. Won the replay 6 0. Tell us a bit more about Jim Jilton, actually. We haven't talked about him. What was he like as a guy? Jim was nice. Uh, seemed a bit mad. Yeah, seemed, he, he seemed was like... mad. Um, I, I used to always just mess with him because I don't think he knew how to get me. I used to always go, Jim, do you want to be friends with me? Like, <laughs> I used to always say, my, my seventh best friend's gone away to Australia. Do you want to be. He used to look at me saying, What the fuck is this? <laughs> now, it was all, I knew what was coming to the end of my time at Rovers because. Sully was playing. Uh, Sully had an amazing season. Yeah, I was really good, and it was it was good for him. And I I like Sully. He's one of my best mates outside of football as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He had about thirteen assists that year. Did he? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But Sully days, blossomed actually when Jimmy Jilton came in. If you look at it, and he'll tell you himself the best time he had in his career probably. I don't know. He had a really good time at Cork, but was when Jim was there. Yeah. Jim got the best out. Of him. Really did, but yeah, Jim, no, Jim was—he was a nice man. He was—he was clever. He was cute. Uh, he was fu- really funny. You know, he's—I think that Northern. We, we were on the way over to Israel or wherever we were going. I'm not sure where it was in Europe. And we were playing all the iPads and all. We're just out in the apps, and it was who wants to be a millionaire. And I said, Jim, do you want to play? Who wants to be a millionaire? And he goes again. Says I'm already one. Quick, quick. <laughs> And what about Israel? We've heard a couple of stories about that. And, I mean, massive win. I mean, Royce had a long throw. The flick on. It was a flick on, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. And then Tommy Stewart smashes it home. I mean, you never would have wrote it. And what about, I heard I heard the night after, um, a certain Mr. Turner ended up in the fans bar. And was there a night, there was a night out to be there had night out, uh, I think the game got cancelled after. Like, first of all, in the dressing room, like, I think... Did we play Real Madrid maybe a bit before that? I'm not sure. Real Madrid was 2009. Was it? Israel was 2010. Yeah. Whoever we played, there was a bit of... When Bocker scored that goal over here, there was a bit of confidence and we went into that game where there. We can actually do this. And usually Desi would have the 90s music on and be bopping about. Ada Price was in charge of the music, but Desi would always make, him, make a playlist. Yeah. But for, it sticks to me in mind, Ada had a Damien Dempsey on the apple of my eye. Oh, well, and there was a tune whistle at the start. And I'd never seen the dressing room was quiet. And we, I think it was just, there was a belief in the dressing room that we could actually, and we knew if we got through, we'd play Juventus, that we could actually do this. And we was sitting looking around at the lads and it was so quiet. It was a moment. And we went there and Alan Manis had the best game. Dan Murray had the best game I've ever seen. Tommy Stewart, might have come on, or st- I'm not sure, but that goal. And we went in the dressing room and we went mad. <laughs> you know, I'd say there was probably 24 lads there, including the doctor, the managers, and I'd say 20 of them were in their nip. Super doctor, is it? Super, super doctor, doctor, yeah. yeah. But then Not we, so super doctor yeah. after. Then we didn't know at the time. I think Michael was waiting on confirmation the game the weekend would be cancelled. And he said it'd be cancelled. So uh, 
He goes, this can have a night out now. Oh, there, there's us pretending we didn't ding. know. We had the fucking, I think it was the G-Star jeans at the time <laughs> in the bag ready to go. The Timberlands. So we went up to a rooftop terrace bar and Bocker was drinking alcohol out of his shoe. <laughs> uh, we were doing the worst dancing was ever. There was lads walking by with buckets of vodka. You never brilliant. thought you were a football man, team. And then me and Sylvie, I said to Sylvie, do you want to go for something to eat? And then we got in a taxi and I said to him, how far is it? Like the Gaza Strip away. He goes, about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I says, bring us. So Sylvie goes, you sure? So we on the road to the Gaza Strip as well. About 20 minutes into journey, I said, Sivy, I'm starving. <laughs> and he go, I says, where's the nearest burger place? And he said, about 10 minutes back the other way. I said, fucking, I'm in the dilemma. I'll never be back in this country again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, eh, brings to the burger place. So I go there. So we end up going back, having a burger. But Turner that night apparently did go into it with the Rovers fans singing songs. I heard you singing Rebel songs. Yeah, yeah, he songs. Said, yeah, he was. But and there's a myth going around. He has a tattoo well. on his saying UVF. He doesn't have that. Oh no, that's that's we can rubbish that one now. Yeah, can we, we can rubbish that one, yeah. It's a UDA. <laughs> <laughs> Even aside from the event that's been the incentive, like we talked about in the show recently, how rare those away wins are. Like I mean it was Iceland, it was Benoit Yehuda, yeah, Belgrade, Audrey Tells and Tree. So like how special was that winning away from home in Europe? It's huge, like and you get to celebrate with the fans nearly personally because only like Belgrade maybe if a hundred even travel 43. over was it for Belgrade 43 the yeah. infamous including my post yeah well we went over and Belgrade and it was another one like Sully scores that goal I'm thinking to myself Jesus Christ what a goal Michael says night out lads went to nightclub it's floating on the Danube is that the river over there maybe I'm not too sure the Danube, it's floating on Danube four corners of the thing there's girls and G-strings and brothers. I said, is this place for real? A boat full of prostitutes pulls up beside it. <laughs> Hello. And nobody, nobody <laughs> availed of it in fairness. But uh, I was thinking to myself, this is brilliant. So next thing, um, after, like, those nights gave us a bit of, they gave us the, the bit of team bonding. I think after that night, actually, the, the nightclub, we were, we were in the nightclub till about one and a shot of one on the button. Yeah. And all the lads said, where the fuck can we get a drink? And there's only one place Lads get a drink after one o'clock whenever it shuts. And it's a strip <laughs> bowling club. So we went to the strip bowling club. <laughs> the bowling club. The strip bowling club. Yeah. <laughs> I've strip bowling We went before. to the bowling club and uh, went into it. And uh, Bucker goes, oh, come here, hold this phone with me. So we're in the bowling club. <laughs> and Bucker says, hold this phone with me. So uh, I was holding it. So why does he want me to hold it? So I put it in my pocket to my side. Or the bouncer comes up and goes, you have my phone. And it was the first time in my life. I've actually been thrown out by a leg and an arm. And Bocker and four of the lads are laughing at me. I get thrown out. How did you get a hold of the phone? I was having a clue. But uh, that, was, that was nights out. Like, they were as much as bringing the team together as the games or the wins itself. You know? yeah, it was all yeah. part of it that year. Like Bocker always said, the camaraderie. It is, yeah. It really was. So, um, so we've uh, we've signed a player named Cameron King. He's a 21-year-old English midfielder. But he's a Scotland under-21 international. Two caps for the Scots. Spent over a decade in our city. A decade. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And he made just one competitive appearance before dropping down to non-league football. So he was on trial at Dunfermline before coming to us. So Stephen Bradley had a bit to say about him. That's he's the uh, non-league football. He was in the ninth tier of English the football. ninth tier. Tedford Town, there we go. Tedford with a TH yeah have you met him yet Pat no no I haven't no he was at the game Friday right so a uh, bit of a low key signing but obviously there's something about him we're going to hear what Bradzer has to say so Bradzer said I was made aware of Cameron about six, six weeks ago 
and advise that I should take a serious look at him. Sometimes you get players in and they're not for what people say they are. Cameron was and he's definitely going to be an attacking threat for us. We got him initially for just two or three days and straight away we like what he saw. He's very direct, very clever on the ball and he can play any attacking position right left or as a 10 so we have him until the end of the season so hopefully we can show that quality he's good character he's hungry and to get his career back on track and hopefully this is the place for him i see him being a good player for us between now and the end of the season and making a real impact so Fraser definitely definitely fancies him here definitely yeah. i mean he's is it a good idea to talk him up like that he certainly is talking up i'm i'm, I'm expecting him to do a bit now you know if i don't if he doesn't show what brads are saying people will be thinking oh, what's that about you know so uh we're going to roll out an interview now where we had the prof talking to the king. The prof talking to the king <laughs> at, the, at the weekend. So let's hear from our new son. Uh, Cameron, welcome to the club. Are you happy to be a Shamrock Rose player? I am very happy. Uh, can't wait to get going. Um, I think it's as of tomorrow I'm a Shamrock Rose player. So uh, the clearance has gone through. So I can't, can't wait to get going with the boys. How does the move come about? Um, I was... I played a a lot of local football last year just to keep myself ticking over and this summer I, d I decided I needed to s step up step up my game and uh, head back into professional level and uh, to be honest I'm not sure how, how it works between agents and and, and staff but um, this opportunity arose and I grabbed it with both hands and I, yeah I was, I'm here so uh, You joined Norwich City at the age of 8 did you enjoy your spell there? I loved it, um, but yeah, it was a. I think I was there for 12 years, so it was a. It was a long period of time, um, and a, and a lot happened during that time. We, I won a lot of a lot of things as a, as a youth player, um, and it, and it comes to a stage where I needed a a new challenge and a, and a fresh start because I'd been there for for so many years. Um, so this is this is my second professional team, and I, I'm excited to keep to get going. Winning the FA Youth Cup and then making your senior debut, would they be the highlights at Norwich? Uh, on a personal level, I think making my my senior debut because that's what all players, young players, aspire to. But winning the Youth Cup was was something special. I don't think many players will, will experience that, especially as a, in the team we had um, at, at Norwich. So uh, that was that was very special. Uh, you ended up leaving Norwich in 2016 because you were uh, suffering from uh, migraines. Is that true? Uh, I did have some problems at the time. Um, they were definitely, uh, I'd, I'd say, make me make me not enjoy it. So, um, hence, hence the reason why I decided to leave, um, sort the problems out, and, th and then get going again. And, uh, and I'm here, so I'm, I'm I'm good and I'm ready to go. So you're happy to solve that issue and then get back in the pitch? Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, but at, at Norwich, uh, there's, there's a lot of. Uh, I wouldn't say stress, but there's a lot of pressure um, to perform at every level. And if, if you've got a little, a little like migraines or a different problems, it's hard to perform. So you have to sort the issue and then and then get going again. Then you joined your hometown club, Tetford Town. Yes, Tetford Town helped me out a lot. Um, I just wanted to play a lot of games um, at a decent level, and a lot of my good friends play for the team, so I just wanted to enjoy it. Um, so I ended up playing about 40 games for them last season and feel a lot better for it. How did the season go there? Uh, very well. It was the best the club has ever finished. Um, scored scored quite a few goals, um, and as I said, just in, just enjoyed it. And, and I like to think the boys enjoyed me being there as well. Um, so it was it was a great season for me and, and the club. And you left at the end of last season? 
end of end of last season, yes, I left, um, and yeah, and and they, they've got a good side. They'll, they'll keep competing, and and the club's on and up. So uh, so I, I wasn't too didn't feel too bad leaving. They understood that I had to uh, go pro again, and and this is why I'm here. So uh, you were born in England, but you're a Scotland under 21 international. You've got a couple of caps. Yes, uh, my mum is the is Scottish, so that makes me half. So it, I'm able to uh, to compete for Scotland. So I've uh, competed for them at youth level, um, and I mean I'm too old to compete for them at youth level. So now I'll have a if it ever comes to it, I'll have a decision on my hands. And you got a goal in your debut as well. Did get a goal in my debut in Switzerland. Uh, that was also very memorable. Um, Common as a late substitute and, and got the equaliser, so that was a that was a good day for me. You're a midfield player. How would you describe yourself as a player? I like to think as a, a very positive player, get on the ball and uh, drive the team forward. Just just get the ball out my feet and, and look pos- look forward and look to create chances at every opportunity. Um, I can play in the ten or, or, or out wide, um, so I like to cause defenders defenders problems. Um, uh, any chance I can get. Have you been training at Robbers or at least uh, watching them in action? And if so, what do you think of them? Uh, I've been here for a couple of weeks, uh, watched them for a couple of games, and it's some of the players are, are, are very good. The, the team is the morale of the team is, is very good as well. Um, I, di- I didn't think it would be as high at this point in the season because it, we're almost what two thirds of the way into it. Um, but you can see the quality of the players. Um, straight away and it, it made me have to raise my intensity as soon as I got here and hopefully the more the more times I train the more times I play I'll be able to to, to get to their level so and your new teammates have uh, welcomed you in very very much so uh, they've been great been great for me and are you looking forward to the new challenge of a new club and a new country in Ireland I am everyone's been very friendly so far um, it's, it's, it is a different is a new opportunity for me um, and I, I honestly can't wait, can't wait to go in and uh, see see what the country of Ireland's got for me. What are your goals at Shamrock for the rest of this season and beyond? Uh, to impress the management staff, first of all, um, I've got I've got to have them. Uh, I've got to impress them. Um, I've got to earn the respect of my teammates. Um, and then once them two come together, I'll, I'll feel a lot more comfortable, and and then hopefully. Uh, I'll enjoy it and we'll see where we'll go from there so that was some thoughts from the king there Carl um, yeah. seems like a nice fella yeah in terms of uh, coming up with songs for new players we're being spoiled this season because surnames we've got Grace we've got King yeah no, yeah. plenty to work with bit of Elvis in there maybe and uh, I didn't quiz him like I did with Lee Grace remember with Grace I, yeah, I jumped yeah. straight in there so you'll have to quiz him in the I'll, gym I'll, sometime I'll get in there I'll get him don't worry and uh, possibly a good almond. We once signed an English youth international called Lee Williams. And uh, I don't know whatever happened to him, but we signed him for maybe half a season and he scored a free kick against Limerick, our next opponents, 20 years ago. Oh, how do you want to these stats, girl? I just know them, girl. They're just, they're just in you. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's just natural. We should have a stat off. We should get some statisticians from all around the country. You just wipe the floor with them. <laughs> so we're going to come up with some Limerick stats now, Carl, is that right? 
I'm looking forward to see how you handle these stats, Gary, in your current state. Yeah, my last stats, I didn't do too well. And yeah. the Maloney stats as well, I didn't do too well. You, you've got two doses here. You've got Limerick and Galway stats. So. Best <laughs> we'll of luck. Go for it. Best of luck, Gary. Right, Rovers have kept successive down. clean sheets in all competitions for the first time since September. The Hoops never managed three in a row wins in 2016. Or, sorry, three in a row clean sheets in 2016. So, the five times that Rovers won, twice against Stjernan, Dundalk, Cork and Glenville, it was by a score of 1-0. In the last 10 games, only at home to Mlada Boleslav, they have scored more than one goal. So, in 10 games, we've only scored more than one goal once. Mm-hmm. It's not a good omen, is it? So, Rovers have won 1-0 three consecutive times, only once in history. A run of four in October 1981. How do you come up with this, man? <laughs> So Gary Shaw is the only player to play in every competition this season. Aaron Bulger could too if he features in the League Cup final in September. In the 14 FAI Cup ties Rovers have played against non-league clubs since the 1980s. Only Glebe North from Balbriggan in 1995 at United Park had kept the score as low as Glenville. I remember you talking about this at halftime. Yeah. And the 2-0, I think Roddy had a couple of 2-0s, didn't he? Yeah, 2005. Graham Bork is now Shamrock Rovers' top goalscorer in all competitions and he hasn't netted in the league since St. Pat's on June 2nd. They're screaming out for a goalscorer, aren't we? Six Premier Division players have hit double figures this season include Limerick's Rodrigo Tosi. The Super Blues got a positive result in uh, in all but one of eight of the games that Brazilian has scored in including Tala and his late equaliser when Ogbené absolutely scalped Lukey. Um, we're going to interrupt these stats to bring you a quick clip of Brian Kerr on a commentary a while back talking about the Brazilians who play in the League of Ireland. Rodrigo Tosi going high, going strong. How many Brazilians in the Irish game can you name? At the moment, Will. All time. All time. Oh, they've been scarce, Will. Well, there's more of them in the Pharaohs, I can tell you. As you would know. Only other one I can remember, Dungannon Swiss, Everaldo and the... Good old Satanta Cup days in the late noughties. Played for them for a few seasons. So that was Brian Kerr with his words of wisdom as usual. We have to get him on the show. I'm glad you didn't suggest uh, Socrates a UCD because that is definitely an urban myth. 100% myth, yeah? Yeah. Socrates was smoked 100 a day, didn't he? Not 100 a day, but he's definitely smoked cigarettes a couple of packets a day. So we're going to talk about uh, Rodrigo Tosi and Lee Lynch have played every league game this season uh, making one substitute appearance each Tosi was rested for Limerick's 3-0 FAI Cup win in Cove on Saturday we have Neil McDonald the gaffer has been in charge of Limerick for 11 league games with 3 wins 2 draws and 6 defeats he played for Preston against Rovers in the other man 297 that's a super stat yeah. and David Moyes as well yeah played in that game as well Preston, certain yeah. hoops will love that who are on the Isle of Man tour and as a side note Neil McDonald and Michael O'Neill were at Newcastle together in the late 80s ah oh, there we go that's another yep. little connection nice Carl nice your, your uh, stats are playing off as usual so we have Limerick have won just one of the last seven games against bottom side Drogheda failing to score in any of their last three so realistically we should be beating these guys when we travel up there on Tuesday night so both teams are looking to avoid three consecutive league defeats on Tuesday Limerick since July 2015 and Rovers since August 2013 Limerick have fewer defeats 10 and home defeats 3 than the Rovers this season the Hoops have lost all 8 times in which they have conceded the first goal Rovers haven't drawn nil all since Bray in October their last scoreless draw was with Limerick in October 1992 
Rovers can go six league games unbeaten against Limerick for the first time since a run of seven consecutive wins in 1988. The Hoops haven't recorded back-to-back away wins over them since earlier since that year either. Their last defeat to Limerick was a 4-1 loss at Toman Park. I remember that well. I think Sean O'Connor scored the goal, did he? Yeah, he scored a consolation goal yeah. last minute, 4-0 down. And uh, Trevor, Trevor Colley's final game in charge. We have Rovers are looking to win or avoid defeat in successive league games for the first time since September. Away league games. Away league games. Rovers and Bowers are the only Premier Division teams yet to draw away from home this season. Stephen Bradley's side have scored in every away ground so far except Sligo's showgrounds. And Rovers' last six away league games against Limerick have been held in four different grounds. Hogan Park, Tomlin Park, Jackman Park and Marketsfield. What's your favourite, Carl? Well, I've only been to Tomlin, so... The burgers have swayed it for you, did it? Oh, that was a fantastic burger. <laughs> this is going to be my first trip to Marketsfield. So, next season, I just need to tick off the Brandywell and then presumably the RSC because Waterford probably go up. Yeah, more than likely. And uh, we have the Hoops have won their... <coughs> The Hoops have won on their last three visits to Marketfield in October 2015, March 1984 in the FAI Cup and January 1984. Four straight victories would equal the record run from 1937 to 41. Since he started the League Cup tie but long for the May 2nd, James Doona has only made four appearances. All from the bench scoring two goals. All four goals in his Rovers career were as a substitute. That's a nice little stat there. So those were Carl's stats. What do you think of the stats there, Pat? Some man, or he's some man, isn't I don't, he? I don't know whether he makes half them, <laughs> and nobody <laughs> checks them, so they just say, "Oh, he's great." Have you got any? I've been verified. Do you know what? We're well, I gave you the one about five bread carrots. I was happy with oh, that. That's one. actually quite impressive. That I thought it was more. Yeah. yeah. Well, just for Rovers, I'm sure there was more. Yeah, there was Other more. teams. Yeah. You said fifteen. Was that an estimate or? No, it is. Well, shells. I got to own my first long uh, water for the. I tree. love the way you remember your red cards, board Danny. What was it? <laughs> one big one and a little three other <laughs> little ones <laughs> how can you define little and big they're both red cards by the game <laughs> by, the, by the, the games again oh yeah, yeah so that was the stats anyway and uh, we're going to move on to starting 11 and predictions right so we'll go with uh, I'm going to go with Tomer Trev Trev left full Carl I don't know if you'll agree with that but I think he does his best work from deep um, well, well Luke the, is injured so. yeah so we've no choice really so Webby and Gray centre half with Madden Roy full I'm going to go with Finn and McAllister in the middle I, I love McAllister he has that bit of bite that Pajo had back in the day you know he likes to tackle and he gets mil- he gets stuck in I'm going to go on Duna and Burke out wide how about that Doing it on the left, maybe they could switch. I like the way Bradza switches his wingers. I'm gonna have Brando in the hole behind Mikey O'Connor. That is different this week. So Brando can switch with Borky and Shaws. He needs a rest. So a two-one win for me. What are you gonna go, with, Carl? There's no way that's the same as yours. Oh well, the most important. We think change, we've gone stale and we need a we need a change. The most important change for me is that Mele needs to be dropped. Oh, he needs to be playing the right position I think he does his best his best work in behind the striker that's why I'm going to put him in I there. think he's been very poor the last few games I think James doing it you will have a lot of people agreeing with you he needs to start so I mean that's pretty much my, not from Glenville I mean from um, the school street soldier from the Derry James game Duna. that's my major change and uh, what's your prediction Limerick? I'm going to go 2-1 win scrappy 2-1 win 
I'm not feeling a win here. No, I'm saying one all. Oh, go with that, Pajo. Give us your give us your uh, prediction. What do you uh, think? Limerick are doing well at the moment. Two one, go two one as well. They're not doing well. well. Do you not hear the stats? Yeah, They're terrible. Well. <laughs> Since he released all the players, are doing well. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's releasing the raft and he wants to put his own stamp on the on the team. So we're going to talk about what's going on at Limerick. Yeah, I mean, serious cull in the squad. They've let seven first team players go. The likes of Robbie Williams, Ian Turner, Paul O'Connor, Chris Mulhall, former hoop. I'm trying to think of Robbie Williams pun there. I mean, defensively, they look a shambles. I don't know if you saw on Soccer Republic, they made this suicidal back pass against Derry after 13 seconds. Yeah, it was shocking. So, goes back to the whole, remember when I was saying, I was telling you about mortal sins. Yeah. In regards to football, an old coach of mine said, you never pass the ball across your box. You never tie your laces during a game. You make sure you're ready and you don't do stupid things in football. There was a, those are mortal sins. Pass to 13 seconds in, passing the ball back to you, that's a mortal sin. Especially after 13 seconds. Yeah. But uh, as a side note, I don't think we've scored from a set piece since Lopez really, against Limerick. Yeah, we're really poor with set piece. I, I would like us to see, do a little bit more as regards to those. I talked to you about this before, Carl, about the little things in football as regards to awkward areas where you'd have a free kick you need to rehearse like for instance let's say you're maybe 45 yards out and you're, you get a free kick in the middle of the park you're not going to shoot you need to rehearse those little things those areas where nobody thinks about like throw ins are a big thing as well rehearse your throw ins get, get it right all the little details that might make a difference in moments of football I think if you get them right you'll be doing well and then the rest will take care of itself well I'll put it this way in the last three games we're saying we scored two goals. Did you feel any sort of threat? Like when we had a free kick 34 years I don't feel like, out, no, I don't. I felt like this would just sort of like, we'd take it short. Be clear. We'd ship it in, be clear. Nothing would happen. 100% agree with you. I shouldn't be feeling that way. Yeah. But that's how it felt. And when we concede a free kick in those areas, you know what I'm like. You're always panicking. I yeah. shit myself. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's it's just the way it is. So um, so there's no, um, there's no Gary Twiggs supporters club bus to Limerick so the first game after Twiggy's retirement and there's no Gary Twiggs supporters club bus oh, what's I that know. about yeah it's not it's, it's listen they, they've been fantastic all season so I think they're allowed to have one night off so uh, I had to defect to uh, Hoops SC defect to the Hoops SC yeah. Buzz and his his crew of charlatans <laughs> they'll be looking after you Carl so we have actually have a couple of questions uh, for Pat from Jerry Desmond so what's our funniest moment in football um, I know they're putting you on the spot here but we would say we played Cove down there and I can't think of your man's that was given out to their goalkeeper so was that was that a was shouting at their goalkeeper he must have did something to me at a corner I was walking <laughs> backwards towards centre back and their midfielder I can't remember his name he was pretending to tie his lace he seen me coming and we tripped straight over him. <laughs> <laughs> I was fuming because of what the goalkeeper did, but I couldn't help. So you flying out. Right. So who's the best ever player you played with, and the best player you've played against? Now there's some choice here. So um, with, we would say. I'm very interested in this. I love these questions. Um, like. I don't. I don't want to say lads like Dennis here. I want to say lads that probably would play the Dennis. Yeah, I like that. If you've ever noticed, have you ever yeah. read the Junior Soccer Portal? Yeah, those best elevens are yeah. always really good, and they yeah. always pick lads who they've played with in and out. Yeah. So 
players that you've genuinely saw it's a, a it's talent in front of you. towards defender, so I'd say Dan Murray. Yeah. But I love Dreiser. I just he was similar to me and how much he wanted to win and how he prepared and uh just how he how he conducted himself. Yeah, he just, really was, was he? Oh, he's, he was brilliant. Delighted to have him at the club as well, still oh, he's, sticking he's around as well. He, so. so much knowledge to give to young lads as well, but I'd say Reiser was the best player I've played with. And what about against? I mean, you can go on individual performances um, here. One performance is even enough, you know? Glenn Crow. Glenn Crow? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just to clarify, you're putting Crow above Ronaldo and Del Piero? Del Piero only destroyed me once. Ronaldo <laughs> destroyed me, but Glenn Crow destroyed me a few times. He was brilliant. He was so clever. Him and Bourne, their link up, as much as we didn't, didn't like them, like, they, they were so good together. Like Between him, it was between him, Bourne, and O'Flynn at Cork at that time was really good. O'Flynn was good, yeah? Yeah, really good at that time. So I'd, I'd say Glenn Crow was just so clever. We're going to move on to... Uh, Galway on Friday so we caught up with a Dublin based Galway supporter by the name of Julian Kenny to talk about the game so we're going to roll that one out now now we're back and we have Julian Kenny Galway fan and um, we're looking ahead to the Rovers game on Friday so Julian uh, how do you feel your season's going so far um, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's been a bit of a strange one because I suppose the way we finished last season we were comfortable last season at the end of the season we just completely collapsed and Tommy Dunn obviously got got the bullet with a few games to go and we were kind of struggling to get a manager in we just got Shane Keegan kind of after um, another deal had fallen through so looking to this season we weren't really sure where we gonna, where we were going to go and how, how it was going to pan out like the whole season now we've been down at the bottom three obviously three going down so it's been tough but like there have been a lot of positives as well. Like we're playing good football, much better football than we did under Tommy Dunn. And like even looking at something like goal difference, you look at that. I think we're only minus six at this stage of the season, much better than anyone else in the bottom half of the table. So that kind of shows you we've only lost by more than two goals. I think twice all season. Once was up here in Tala and early in the season down at Turner's Cross we got beaten 4-0 I think but like other than that we've been pretty competitive so like I'd be confident and up I was, uh, I was up in Bally Buffet last week and after that win over Harps that was a huge win for us yeah it was a great win up there and like I'd be confident that we'd stay up but like it is so tough it's so tight down there and just a couple of bad results here and there and like we're kind of uh, off the rails again and time's running out really so that's it but and you spoke about your goal difference and Gavin Holland, he's in some form at the moment. Yeah, like w- one interesting thing, he was kind of playing beside David Cawley. We were playing three in midfield and he was playing more defensive, like beside David Cawley. And Alex Byrne has actually come into the team in the second half and that's given Hooligan uh, the ability the freedom to move further forward. So that's where Ronan Murray was playing and Murray's kind of been given a bit more of a free role. He's kind of covering the left wing but not not in a three man midfield and Charles, Charles with, well that, that's it yeah so so like Holland's kind of playing the number 10 role and he's got five goals in his last three games now he got a hat-trick against uh, Drogheda excellent hat-trick and he scored down in Turner's Cross where we lost 2-1 and obviously up at uh, Bally Buffet he got a goal as well so like we're looking it's looking pretty positive now because we were struggling for goals earlier in the season like Finney Farity only had two goals all season he's since left he's gone to slide what are your thoughts on his departure you happy or um, well, I, I, I'm not too upset that he's left. I think it was a bit 
worrying that he'd gone to Sligo because we could see the ability at the start of last season he was in really good form and previous, the previous season at Limerick he was scoring a lot of goals so you're kind of thinking you're letting him go and he's going to Sligo if he starts scoring goals for Sligo mm-hmm. and that, that keeps them up could be in trouble but we got um, Jonah Younger the other way and he, he looked pretty impressive he looked on a soccer public now I, I had my doubts about him he seems like a real powerhouse yeah like I, I was kind of the same like because I'd seen him a few times and I thought ah, he's not great but up in Valley Buffet now like he, was, he has a bit of pace about him and he's able to hold the ball up better than probably poor Cunningham had come in the last few games for Vinny and like he looks like he could kind of work. He's the kind of striker we probably do need in that formation. He mightn't necessarily score the goals, but like if it's Ronan Murray or Holland scoring goals. Up the other lads exactly. helping out with his hold-up yeah. play. Yeah, so you spoke about being up in Bally Buffet. It was your first away win, 15 months, against Harps last week. 15 months. So how much did you enjoy that? Oh, I was great, yeah, because I, I was off last week. I, I live up in Dublin myself, but I was down in Galway for the week, and I just said, I'll go up to that game. It was such an important game. It was... Um, it was kind of nearly a make or break I'd say if we'd lost that game that was game over I just said like go up I've, I've got the week off go up on the supporters bus and have a bit of crack like, I hadn't, I hadn't the Maroon been, Army is it? Is it their bus? that's it exactly yeah and I, I hadn't been on the supporters bus in probably five or six years like it was, oh, it was just great and yeah so like four hours up and there's a short journey back after that anyway it was after the win but um yeah, it was, it was pretty good. A long time waiting for the away win as well. So and you nearly said, I believe, Cup final day with Rovers too, and Dundalk ended the dream on Monday. It seemed like a one-sided affair. Yeah, like there were a few a few dodgy decisions. There was a dodgy penalty in the second half, and I thought the third goal looked a mile offside. But like to be fair, there weren't that many changes to the team lineup from the win at Harps, and like that was a much bigger game, the Harps game, than the League Cup. And even this Sunday, like playing Colester, I'd prefer to beat Colester than another League Cup final. It's like there is a chance to go far in the cup this season. I think there's three All Premier ties now over the weekend. So it's um, mm. so like if we can get past them into the last 16, you might get a favor favorable draw there, and the that, that's yeah. it. And keep the confidence up in the squad. Like so, it's. Um, so you've uh, you've ten points from your last six games. So you're actually a better form team than Rovers, and two points from sta- from safety. So are you hopeful of staying up? The Prez was a bit on the fence about this. Now he wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, I know. Like I, th- I think after the win at uh, at Finn, at Finn Park, I think yeah, I'd, I'd be confident we'll stay up. They looked pretty poor. They were conceding. Like the goals we got were pretty soft. And um, I think going forward now, like we we definitely looked at a bit more about us, as they're saying with Hoolan and. Um, Ronan Murray as well I, th- I think we've potential to score goals which will keep us up like we're still conceding goals now and obviously we've lost Lee Grace but um, to yourselves but uh, like we've actually only got one clean sheet all season so even though he's been possibly our best player this season it's, it's hard to know how much of a loss that would have been I think Ronan Murray would have been a bigger loss than Lee Grace w- would have been to us because it wasn't really um, our, de- our defensive capabilities that were keeping us uh, there so it's yeah, it'll be interesting to see now, but it's seventeen consecutive defeats against Rovers and <laughs> you haven't beaten us in over a decade, so do you reckon you'll end that in uh, Eamon DC Park next week? We possibly could actually because we are we are playing very well, like we're um it, I suppose it depends, like I know Rovers are playing Limerick on Tuesday, so like if you if you maybe even drew there and like then probably your chance of third place are slipping away. So there'd be a chance to catch you on the hop. I think um I think this season Rovers have been very, very hit and miss. Like um, I w- wasn't at the first game earlier in the season. I think that was a Monday night game, and from all accounts, you were lucky enough to beat us there. The game in Tala, yeah, you won pretty convincingly, three nil. But I, 
I don't know. The only thing is, every time I see us against Rovers now, I just come into the game knowing we're going to lose. I don't have any confidence. It's like I might build myself up, and then like five minutes before a kickoff, I look at it and say, "Oh, we always <laughs> lose to these." And you have to go back a long time to find your favourite game against Rovers. I reckon. Can you think of anything that sticks out in your mind? A, a favourable game with Rovers and Galway? Yeah, like I remember actually, the, the, it was our last win. I think the the year um, actually it was the year we both got promoted from the first division. We beat one nil in um, Terryland. It was it was a pretty tight uh, tight title race at the time and I think I think beating you 1-0 that, that time I remember Pat Scully got sent he was the manager he got sent to the stands and he was kind of standing beside us and all but yeah we beat you 1-0 I think we might have gone top of the table after that with I don't know four or five games to go so that was that was pretty good because even though it was first division there was kind of a big crowd there as well like it's I suppose you always see that like Waterford this season like they're doing well in the first division their crowds are up like yeah, 2,000 yeah. it was kind of the same with us that season and as Ro- Rovers went on to win the league anyway, but we got uh, we got promoted thanks to a nice DVD. I think we produced. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Galway fans that you speak to, do they think that the Rovers hoodoo will end at some stage? I mean, when you're coming into the game, do you speak as if, oh God, here comes Rovers again? I mean, are we ever going to beat these? Are, are you ever confident? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think mo- most of the same uh, the, the same impressions. Me actually, ju- just thinking back as well, that season we got six points. Um, was that 2011 I think we got six points all season and there was a game down in Galway we were 2-1 up I think after about 60 minutes that's when we were we probably lost 15 in a row at that stage or something and we actually I think Rovers might it was probably when Rovers won the league and possibly did win the league that season and uh, that was just a total uh, I don't know uh, out of the blue performance from us we ended up losing 3-2 but it was uh, but yeah generally it's Look at Rovers and just I don't know what's <laughs> uh, yeah kryptonite to go you know. <laughs> and the uh, Rovers fans really appreciate the hospitality in the Galway bar, the locker room. Uh, this season felt very welcome. It's a friendly rivalry. It's not it's not like normal rivals. Usually we'd say Do you know what fuck the other team you know yeah. but it's not like that with Galway. It's, it's yeah. probably similar with Finn Harps as well. Yeah, no, it's it, like I think it's great. <clears throat> like we've been saying for ages that a club bar would really help, like get I don't know rival fans in there, and like we've seen that, and it's pretty much all teams who bring decent support down will come in at half time. There'll be a bit of a sing song between the fans at all. And See, not every bar opens up though. I mean, you go to Dundalk, you can't get a point. You yeah. you, you go most places, they won't open up the bar to you, so it's different. You know, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it is good to see. Like and like uh, one, I suppose. Obviously, we we enjoy like Rovers fans having fun there, with more than welcoming. But one thing I've always said is that our home form has never been that good in terms of if you look back over the history. And it's always that it seems fans enjoy coming down. So Rovers will always bring good support. Yeah. It's a nice ground, the like nice stretching rooms and everything. And I think the teams enjoy coming down. They've got good support. And sometimes I wish it was, we were more like a United Park or somewhere where people hated coming. It's like yeah. and give us a bit of a home advantage. But I uh, know the, the bar has been great though. Like, and I think, I think, yeah, if there are obviously more away fans, that's more money to the club's coffers anyway, and spending your money in our, our new bar. That's that's, yeah, exactly, so yeah. You spoke about Ronan Murray. Uh, you've been a little bit, you think Ronan Murray would be more of a loss, but Lee Grace, how good has he been this season for Galway? before yeah, his departure yeah like we've been talking about this now just on the forums and when I've been down at games like his, the partnership he's fo- formed with Stephen Folan now like to be honest I can't remember as good a centre half partnership for Galway United that like it's they're, they're pretty uh, pretty similar in a way they're both good ball players and 
Like they, they'll take the ball down and look for a pass rather than just kind of hoofing it away, which maybe that's why we've only kept one clean sheet all season because sometimes they do look to take a bit of a chance. I know Lee Grace, he was at fault for a goal against, I think it was Bowes uh, earlier in the season. Just like that, the ball was going out for... Should have got rid of it, put it in the stand. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. He tried to play it out from the, the corner flag and eventually gave up possession and, yeah, goal came from it. But uh, to be honest, like I look at him and I, I think... He's one of the top defenders in the league. Like, there's not there's not many more I can think of who are better than him. And yeah. like, I'm not at all surprised that Rovers came in for him or even Corbin and Dock were after him as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At one performance, we were we were pouring over him. We thought he was brilliant, and we we lost two 0 But he was still really good, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, like the the one thing I'd say now is he he I think he's only scored once for us all season. And actually, after that, I think he tweeted that was his first ever goal. That like he's a big enough lad as well, and he tends to go up for corners. So. He's, like that's one way you can improve, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly one thing you can do better. But like, I think you've signed a great player there, and like, if if he could easily follow Andy Boyle and go over to England as well, like, it's, yeah. he he does seem to have that kind of talent and composure. Like sometimes you see young central defenders and they just panic on the ball, but no, he's he's really kind of cool and collected, and yeah. Like, uh, I'd like to see him doing well obviously I'd have hoped he'd, he'd have preferred if he'd stayed with us but yeah. it's kind of understandable I think he'd got a two and a half year deal here as well or something so yeah, we're, we're throwing out deals like that alright <laughs> um, so three clubs go down this season and we could be losing two from the west so Sligo could go down Galway could go down what's, what's your thoughts on three going down and in general yeah, yeah like I don't know it's, it, it is a bit of a tricky one because like like it all comes back to like what what's going on with the league, the leadership from the league. Like if, the, if they're changing it to a ten-team premier and saying, right, we're going to invest in ten clubs who are sustainable and everything, then that's that, like I think that's a good idea. That like instead of trying to extend it and have maybe fourteen or sixteen clubs, some who could never be fully professional. Like I'm sure. I don't know, maybe maybe looking at someone like Longford Town, like it's not realistic that they'd ever have a fully sustainable professional club there at kind of an elite level. Whereas if you kind of reduce it to ten teams, they can they can still qualify, but if a lot of money is being put into the league, some clubs will end up Do you reckon that there is a lot of money going into the league from the FAI and I don't, I don't think so. I've been I, I the, honestly don't I'm I'm baffled by that one now. I don't I don't I don't think they will, but do you think it's a long term plan to reduce it to ten and then to invest? Yeah, like that's that's the only logic I'd see by. It's a nice thought. I'll give you that. It's a nice thought. But like, if you if you kind of had it like that, and there could be investment put in, and like it could be clubs aren't struggling against relegation every year or whatever, and they can kind of plan for the long term future. But is, is that what's going on? I, d- I don't know. That's probably that's probably me looking at like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, being super super optimistic about <laughs> things. But realistically. Like to put like as you as you're saying like if it like okay Drogheda are probably going to be relegated I don't think I don't think even a Drogheda fan would argue that but yeah like if it's Galway and Sligo will go down or like Galway and Harps like it kind of does does kind of set us back a long way like we've we've kind of come along obviously we were out of the league for a couple of years and kind of reformed the club got got promoted again now it really sets us back if we do get relegated and um, and even like one of the things nobody knows what the what the plans are for next year in terms of promotion and relegation like yeah. it's we could just change it again you know and say, oh yeah we'll do that again yeah, don't ask any of the clubs have it well, well, well how did it go last time they they asked the clubs after they already decided what the, what the decision was so I was like yeah we're going to ask you but it's decided anyway so <laughs> nothing really matters what you say so we also saw Ryan Connolly Kevin Horgan from last season and did you rate them 
highly. Um, yeah, like Horgan now, he only played a handful of games for us. Um, I think we signed him looking at his 19s performances. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. that was. But Connolly, how did you think? What did you think of Connolly? Yeah, I thought I thought he was. To be honest, I'm, I have to say I'm a bit surprised he's played so much at Rovers because when like you signed him early and then you signed a load of other players. Obviously, Paul Curry's been out injured, and then you signed Ronan Finn. I was kind of thinking, Jesus, he even going to get a game now and be up there sitting on the bench? But he, he's done very well and a couple of good performances in Europe as well, which like I, I'm happy to see that. Like, um, yeah, again, like he was he's very good for us at the end of last season. Like when things started going downhill, it was kind of I think there was a lot of unhappiness in the camp and all and it probably wasn't a huge surprise to see that he left but yeah like that it's um i i, I don't think we've missed him that much now to be honest it's um it's it's hard to say but with ronan murray coming in like he's kind of scored more goals than Connolly did last year and yeah had a had a decent impact but so he's been replaced pretty much happily uh, happily enough I, I, I think so yeah yeah. I, th- I think maybe Lee Grace could be a harder one to replace but we'll, we'll see what happens anyway so it's, uh, and what about the famous man himself who was on last week Mickey D does he drink in the locker room and um, do you reckon you get him on the Maroon Army bus Oh yeah, that, that that would be interesting. Yeah, in the in the locker room they're doing what is it, three sol for a tenner. So I I haven't seen him buying those, but yeah, he, he might get uh, might get might be in at half time now uh, next Friday. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he could be tempted to come on the bus. I met him on the train a couple of times, but yeah, he could get the supporters bus uh, <laughs> bus down, or we'll, we'll have a nice away trip. I'm sure later in the season. So Brian, cheers, thanks. So that's it from the creepy stairwell today. So back to Johnny Blues. So that was Julian, and uh, quite knowledgeable on Galway's uh, team team affairs, wasn't he? Yeah, I enjoyed that interview. Uh, the 2011 game that he was talking about. Where he they pulled al- that one out of the bag, didn't where he? Where they almost beat us. That's when uh, Connor Wynn played a bl- blinder for them. Yeah. And, uh, Probably one of the reasons we signed them. We ended up signing him, yeah. yeah. But that was your wedding day. Yeah, I remember, I remember getting updates. I remember following it, giving it a sneaky follow on extra time that I eat during your wedding that time, yeah. But he's talking about their relegation, you know, three teams automatically going down. And I think it's a real shame that two regional teams might go down this season. Two out of Sligo, Limerick, Galway and Harps. To be honest, I don't think think I'd like to see those teams go down. They're they're good for the league. Yeah. So for that reason, I thought the sudden change to 10 teams, I thought it was a bit of a, it was a ridiculous decision. I thought it was counterproductive. Two of those teams going down is bad for the league. I like Julian's views on what he thought was actually going on within the mm. FAI, as in regards to making the team, making the league stronger as a ten league team and putting money into it. It was high in the sky stuff from him. I, I liked his positive attitude, but he liked to think that the FAI were going to put money into the ten team league and then promote it like that. I don't think that's mm. going to happen. He didn't think genuinely think that was going to happen, but that's what. He, he predicted might have happened yeah, but for that, the, t- the reality what's going to happen is right in three or four years <laughs> the, the attendances will either stay the same they'll either marginally go up or down yeah and then we'll go back to 12 again yeah because that's, that's what always happens just once we don't have to get what four points for a win or three points for a away win oh that was that, the 81-82 <laughs> season or something it's not but like I said that. that was great from Julian and he's a real League of Ireland fan good Galway man and Hopefully he's going to be on the sesh with the Prez soon. He's trying to get him on the Maroon Army bus. <laughs> you know what a sign of that might be in Galway? It's his brother's wedding. So What? Fuck off. So that's the end of his league run, isn't it? What is a prof? 
120 league games in a row now, is it? That's mad, isn't it? To lose a streak for a win. The streak is okay, out. yeah. I think the prof is cracking up here, look. He wants that record. Simon, that's a, that's shocking. I, do you know what? I don't think Simon listens, to be honest. Too busy filling fucking runners with, with water and playing pranks, putting broccoli in Pat Flynn's pockets. So we have another question for Pat. We have Daniel Fulham. As a resident DJ and Hooperman impersonator, so were you really trying to shoot for Pats that time when you scored against Rovers? The touch was sublime, I'll be honest. I couldn't believe on myself. Was for two days or three days later, I watched it on YouTube about 10 or... Is that me? 10 to 20 I says, what, first of all, what am I doing over the halfway line? Next of all, it was easy because Connor Powell was the one marking me, so it was easy to get away from him. So he was shocking us. Oh, then it was a great ball in. My chest controls... Honestly, I've never seen control like it. <laughs> the outside of my right foot into the bottom corner. Now, I, I didn't celebrate because, first of all, my van would have been on bricks. <laughs> but I had to say I had a little celebration in the dress now, but that was... Well, it was quite subdued celebration in fairness. It yeah. was, yeah. But was that tough considering how good a goal it was? Uh, no, not really. It was it was natural. I didn't I didn't want to celebrate, and then I hate players that don't celebrate goals. And I just I couldn't celebrate. Hey, I thought you were yeah. momentarily possessed by Twig. Well, I, was I, I was probably shocked that we actually <laughs> scored a goal. It was more more what happened, but um, it was it was it was nice to score because I've never had that feel. But I get that same feeling. I just realised when you make a last ditch tackle, as you do when you score, it it must be. Quite similar. I like that you feel like that's the same feeling scoring a goal for a last eight touch. Did I you score for that. Longford or was that your only goal? Oh, I scored two for Longford two and for Longford. I scored one for Rovers, which was an OG for Longford in my last game. They <laughs> <I> someone <laughs> else for. But it was nice to score for Rovers. <laughs> and uh, any songs about you that stuck out, whether uh, they're good or bad? Waterford had one because when I first came back from Wolves, uh, I think they were expecting big teams because they seen Wolves and a couple of teams, so they had a. Uh, there's only one Pat Flynn. He used to be shy, but now he's alright. <laughs> so not, not even he's good, just alright. Uh, I, I love the Rovers, and I do be telling me little lads they used to uh, chant, "You are evil," and uh, yeah. Pat Flynn's gonna get you. Pat Flynn's was what was my favorite. I was about to say Pat Flynn's gonna get so, you. Uh, they were good ones. Um, other than that, I, I don't. They used to just chant psycho at me. So yeah. my mum, you came to one game, I think, in my whole career, the final. And she's saying, why are they chanting stuff like that? You're such a nice boy. Yeah. I don't know, fucking know. I don't know, I don't know, That's them. <laughs> so we have Carl's Galway stats now. We're going to rattle them off. Is that all right, Carl? Are you happy with that? Yeah. <laughs> so um, you would have heard a few of these already in our interview with Julian earlier. So we'll repeat, repeat them anyway. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's only to make the Maroon Army cry themselves to sleep tonight. So Rovers are 26 games unbeaten, one in the FAI Cup and against Galway since 2006. Two of Rovers' three defeats in that first division season were at Aim and DC Park. The Hoops are on a run of 17 consecutive wins over Galway in all competitions and need just one more to break the club record of 16 straight league wins over Jacobs from 1924 to 1932. The Biscuit Makers. The Biscuit Makers, huh? Our favourite team in the show. Huh? <laughs> So the Troisman haven't taken a point from Rovers since the 1-1 draw on Tallet in October 2009. It's actually funny at this stage. Yeah, it's crazy amount of time, isn't it? So Rovers have won all nine league visits to the ground since a 1-1 draw in September 2008, plus two cup wins over Salt Hill Devon. Galway have never finished above Rovers in the league. 
Listen to that, Galway. Never. Never finished above Rovers in the league. Their best season was runners-up to Rovers in the 1985-86 season. They won their only FAI Cup in 1991, beating the Hoops in the final at the Lansdowne Road. Rovers were the only team to do the treble over Galway last season, and only Rovers and Bray can do it this season. Galway have taken five points from the top three teams compared to Rovers' six, and this is the only away ground that Cork have dropped points in so far. The 2-1... One-all one one all draw. Yeah. They've beat Dundalk 2-1. was that? 2-0? So we have uh, Gary Shaw has scored four goals in his last three starts against Galway, who I have dropped for this game. Gary Shaw has... Yeah, we should have actually drawn attention to that. Yeah, How know. could you drop Gary Shaw against Galway? Listen, he needs a rest. Shawsy. Shawsy needs a rest. Shawsy has scored eight goals in County Galway in his career. Six at Eamon DC Park and two at Fahey's Field. And we have manager Shane Keegan does hold a win over the hoops at Wexford last year. Remember that? That was 1-0 win in... Um, that was a low point. of Ferdy Carrick. Nusty yeah, rain. It was really it was poor, yeah. I remember listening to it on the radio. Couldn't make it up to it. Ronan Murray is Galway's top league's goal scorer in nine goals. Won against Rovers here in March. Their highlight, their highest scorer last season was Vinnie Farley with 12 goals, but he had only two this year before moving to Sligo in July. Gavin Hollihan has scored five goals in his last three league games and in the hat-trick in the 4-1 win over a a month ago. Did you see the hat-trick? No. It was sweet. Well, Check it out if you can, yeah. Really, really good hat-trick. Some really good goals. Uh, the other goal was scored by Rovers. New sign in league race. His, only, uh, his first and only goal in senior football. So, he only has one goal. Colin Horgan and Stephen Follin are ever-present for Galway this season. Horgan, like Rovers' son and Madden, hasn't missed a minute of league action. Well, uh, Carl, at least until this game, which he will not be playing in, the first league game he missed in three and a half years because of his, brood- his brother's wedding, Carl. Are you all right there, Carl? Your fists are clenched. You're not happy here at all. <laughs> Madden is going to be out. Do you know, he's, think about it, though. He's He's... he's Missing a game to go on the piss. You know realistically. What? You know what? I can't let this go, right? Yeah. I ain't, I'm going to address Simon directly. Simon, this is for you. Okay, Simon, please. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Unless Ro- you're the best man, you can miss it. As Roy Keane said about the Austrian player recently, who missed a game. It's not your wedding, is it? <laughs> yeah, very true. And your brother might get married another time. Yeah, there you go. It might not even last. So listen, I mean, put it this way. Let's get the most important part of the wedding out of the way. Did you go to the stag, Simon? That's the most important part. You went to the stag, I'm sure. No. There you go. Listen, Simon, you're on track to beat Alan O'Neill's all-time League of Ireland record for consecutive league appearances next how many, season. How many appearances? Uh, 151 or something. Come on, soil. Alan, Alan probably missed a dozen weddings in that time. <laughs> yeah. So, Simon... Do the right thing and just give it a miss. <laughs> miss your brothers, right? Thank you. Oh, so um, we're going to go into goal. We have the sixth best defence in the league so it's not exactly inspiring. Conceding just two goals more than Rovers but the Westerners have only kept one clean sheet all season at home to Derry. One clean sheet. Yeah, Julian mentioned that. Uh, yeah, Julian was very knowledgeable I have to say that. So... Um, we're going to have Rovers still haven't drawn away from home in any competitions in 11 months. And if they either win or lose against Limerick and Galway this week, 18 away games with a draw would be the longest since the all-time record run of 19 in 1924. <laughs> Jesus. So we're going to move on to our predictions too for Galway. 
it's a little bit hard to predict uh, starting lineups because we're not sure who will get injured if anyone gets injured if anyone gets sent off so we'll skip lineups and we're going to go for predictions Carl I'm going to let you go first I'm still deciding what's going on here well it's Galway mm. so I'm going to say 2-0 win I'm going to go with out of pure frustration out of losing our first out of losing against Bowles and Derry at home home games I'm going to say we're going to win the two away games I'm going to say I'm going to go 2-0 2-0 and uh, our march on Europe continues pack go on give us our prediction for Galway yeah, away it's always been a good hunting ground so say 2-0 as well yeah definitely I'll, I will take that one and uh, you are part of the historic Michael O'Neill squad that won two league titles and qualified for the Europa League group stages so can you tell me what was your favourite European trip top European trip of everything um, result banter camaraderie Stories, it's, it's mix between, it all up and pick the number it's one. It's between Israel and Belgrade, and would say Belgrade just because the what you said the camaraderie before was huge going into it. All the lads were sticking together, yeah. As we were going to the stadium, there was people banging on the bus, throwing flares at it. And what were their fans like? They were crazy, mad, were, very they, intimidating. They'd like, it seemed to me, now I was on the bench so I could sit back and take it in, it seemed yeah. there was two sets of ultras that hated each other and they really? seemed to be charging at each other. Fighting That's a each great other. perspective from a player sitting um, on the bench, isn't it? They had British flags with UVF on it and all this. I think it was, they obviously googled yeah, 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 yeah. How to piss, how to take the yeah. piss out of the Irish. Uh, they were booing Ryan Thompson before, I think a couple of bananas, they were being racist to him. Yeah. And at the end of that match, Ryan played great. They clapped them off, which is it was like rocky that emotion. That save, most outrageous save I've ever seen in a Roberts game. Superhuman. He he's not he's not actually human. He's some sort of mutant that just came from a different <laughs> planet and decided to play in goal. What a save! What was he like as a guy? Ah, he was great. We got on with him really well. We just you know he's been in Johnny Blues. He has not. Has he, he certainly has. has he? he came to Tomo's party. Tomo. We talked to him on the regular. He is a gent. To- he, he came to Tomo's party. I think it was eighteenth, and we yeah. said to him, "Do you want to come down? We brought her. Be delighted. And he loves you as a player." And he came down, sat with us, have a drink. No way. He came in, drank a bottle of vodka, and left. Drank a free uh, bottle of vodka. I, I, of course, that's and Ryan. Went yeah. down to the plaza. <laughs> <laughs> He's in uh, He's a great fellow. Got on really well. What a save, though. Uh, Pat, you mentioned in your retirement letter. Your biggest regret was Shelburne's relegation. So was that your your worst moment in football? Um, it, it probably was. Um, there was a moment, well, a few moments at Wolves where I kind of threw it away with a few sendings offs, things like that. And I, now looking back, at the time I thought oh, I don't care, but looking back, I regret it. But Shells that time, I thought we were good enough, we good players, um, to get to stay out of relegation. And we didn't. Really did. disappointed you. Yeah, you thought, we, we, we could stay up we or better than that. Now, I, I tried my balls off. I, a few lads tried their ball. I don't think a few was hearts were in it. Um, I had that little fallout with the manager as well. So yeah. there was there was a lot of things going on. And we'll we, get that story out of you. Don't worry, we'll get that out of you. We'll get Bucker <laughs> parts. We'll, we'll get a few drinks in the Bucker part too. We'll yeah, get him yeah, a Christmas special again. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But um, yeah, it's, it was because we didn't deserve to go down. And looking at it now, one gets up. I don't think they'll be up for a while as well. So it's no, it's it's, it's, it's sad to see as well. Like, and it's sad that I was part of it. So we're gonna go with a 
bit of a funny question now. So who's matter? You or Bocker? And if you want to elaborate on it for the fight to the death, because I asked Bocker who would win the fight to the death, you or uh, or himself, he said you would. I, I would win a fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> Fists. <laughs> Go on. With anything that's available. Yeah. Uh, Bocker definitely went with anything else that's available. <laughs> yeah. um, I, it's, on the pitch, I'd say why is matter? Just wild, there's no control on me. I'd probably agree with that. Uh, I think in the dressing room and in everyday life, Bocker is matter. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, on that note, speaking of fights, I saw a tweet the other day ranking the 20 Premier League managers by who would be best in a fight. So, Padjo, we gave you the list of 12 Premier, Div- Premier Division managers in Ireland earlier, and you've ranked them. So, let's mm-hmm. start at number 12 and work our way up. Um, number 12, we're left to Liam Buckley. <laughs> Do you know, Liam I Buckley. agree with that. I agree with that. He, he looks like he couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag. He's a bit frail, isn't he? No, well, it's 12 and uh, Harry Kenny. I think they'd talked themselves out of trouble <laughs> I think they'd stop fights which is really good because I'm, I'm not against violence except for under so Kenny's 11 yeah. is he? Uh, Harry Kenny's 11 yeah, yeah. what do you want now 10? number 10 yeah uh, Stephen Kenny we'll just, uh, I, don't I, would have put, I wouldn't even put him on the list I'd just say listen you're, you're not used at all you're not I, don't, I think he's the physique that people might run away from but when you <laughs> talk and the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> right number 9 Number nine, we have uh, Neil MacDonald from Limerick. Don't know much about him. Purely because mm. I don't know much about him either, so I'll just put him in at nine. It sounds from like from he's maybe there. because he's friends with Sam yeah. Allardyce. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't, it sounds like he's a Scottish type name, so <laughs> kind of don't mess with him. <laughs> Go number eight. Yeah. Kenny Shields. Kenny Shields. I'd have had him higher, actually. I would have had him higher, but when I was doing the list, I left him out so I'll just trail him in the next <laughs> but I, I would have had to hire Kenny if I listen. seven Stephen Bradley oh, Brad's Stephen number Bradley. seven yeah. middle of the road middle of the road I, I think he's a lot to offer he's like <laughs> <laughs> he might be able to try a few nice punches and <laughs> might be a bit fancy but nothing, nothing special that I'm not going Jared Little number six Jared Little number never six. mess with an Nardi. Nardi, <laughs> yeah never that's a factor isn't it uh, yeah don't you don't mess with him no um, number five I'd go with Shane Keegan oh that's um, a surprise I would have put he's a bit of a seems, nice guy yeah it seems like uh, a nice guy maybe they're the ones you look out for I think he's a bit of a GA background and he, I wouldn't trust a man who wears suits like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too baggy baggy suits <laughs> uh, number four Pete Mann he has that face you wouldn't mess he with he looks like he's been uh, bare knuckle boxing around the block years. he's been around he'd, he'd kill you outside. oldest man in the league though <laughs> Uh, Keith Long would just it'd be nice to see balls in the top three again so just <laughs> there for some reason uh, it's the I, only way they're going to get the top I, three he's from my way he's a Joey's man as well so uh, he's a bit he, nice physique and a nice tan beautiful eyes <laughs> uh, number two is John Caulfield John yeah. Caulfield I'm going to the ring with John just, Caulfield no problem I think he's a troublemaker more yeah. than a fighter he might be one of the lads that kick you and run away he'd yeah. fight dirty wouldn't he yeah fight dirty also. And number yeah. one, no messing, Ollie Horgan. Ollie Horgan. What? You know what? I reckon Jesus. Ollie Horgan could kill you with one strike. He's that type of guy. He's so dismissive of his own team's performances <laughs> and they seem to accept it. That's why. So they know he can kill us with him, one strike. It was him you know. at Finn Harps at one stage and it was the other 
fella you some manage him. Is he their sister now, maybe? Haggerty? Haggerty. Yes. Jesus Christ. He's yeah. a madman. Madman. He'd be number one now if he was there. Yeah. Only Horgan, everyone's favourite Glenn Rowe character. Yes. Yeah, he, like I said, I always say, this is like something I was spitting image. <laughs> the heading them. But from the first division, obviously we don't know everyone in the first division, but there's a few ones there. There's Owen Heary, Pat Devlin, Roddy Collins. How would they fare? In Where your, would Roddy be? In your top three we, or five. I was actually down at Waterford last year. I was at Longford and uh, we had a fella just come back from England and we only it was only a friendly and Roddy's call he says you're a fucking English reject you are that's all you are and I, I'd just been taken off or I was coming back from me I says, I says leave him I says he's only a young lad coming back from England it's he goes who the fuck I says who the fuck are you I'll bite your nose off <laughs> and next thing there's about 10 people in between me and Roddy and there's me pretending to be tough and uh-huh. this big fucking hand trying to grab over him Roddy was trying to get you <laughs> and I was there trying to hide him and all but uh, we'd have had your back tears in the east end <laughs> would have had your back there <laughs> we'd have jumped in but I'd say, I'd say Roddy would be up there now Um who else is Devlin and Owen Heary? Uh, I think Devlin bash Owen Heary. <laughs> yeah. Owen Heary had the stamina, but Devlin yeah. would say a couple of punches. He's wily, isn't he? Uh, he he's just he, he's that Pete Man thing about him as well. Yeah, yeah. Old school, don't bare knuckles. Bare knuckles boxing. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to the moment of truth now. The list of hatred. So uh, we have Ronan Cordes who uh, nearly moved to Sweden during the week. He was the first name on it. Uh, Jason Maloney chose Conan Bourne Ray Wilson went with Thomas Davis as a whole so Pat it's over to you who do you want to add to the list of hatred for tales from the East End is it does it have to be a person or a it can be, it, well there's a pub on it yeah we have a pub on it we have so. a pub on it and we have yeah, a, a gated club on it so it can be a fictional character whatever you want no not yet you can add them if you want um, who he said bows around about that. Okay. That's surprising. Um, do, you know, do you know what really annoys me? I don't Go on. Know, I, I do hate it. Fair play. Do you know when lads shake hands before games and are friends before games? Yeah. And they don't. There's no. There's no rivalries. Really. They don't hate you. Remember the people saying Keane Vieira. Yeah, yeah. So everyone is too nice to each other. Like, what do they say? The whole. Like the ten handshakes, like De Bruyne and Lukaku had a handshake there yeah. last year, and it took them about like thirty seconds to finish it, and they're all best pals beforehand. So you're talking about. But there, there needs there needs to be rivalry in football. Whether you're playing against your best, if I was playing against my best mate, I'd want to do ten times better than if I was playing against someone who hated even. Yeah. You, know, you just want to prove them better. I hate this fair play. We have to shake hands. You have to be nice to the referee. I don't mind after a match now. I don't mind if you kick the shit out of someone and he kicks the shit out of you. That's the the one thing I say about Killian Wren. I kick lumps out and he'd kick me back now, but we always shook hands after, which is. Yeah, yeah. He's still a prick. Which was a good thing. <laughs> but, um, I, I, okay, I, so we're going to go for pre match friendliness. Fair play and gamesmanship or something? No, I say pre match friendliness. Pre match fair play before. Pre match fair play. Has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. Pre-match friendliness. Yeah. You are officially on the list of hatred. Go with that. Yeah, now that's old school and I like it. Now listen, I hate balls. I could easily replace them because I fucking hate them. But <laughs> <laughs> um, let's put the fair play thing Yeah, on. no, we go with that. So that's it, officially. 
pre-match friendliness is on the <laughs> list of hatred. So, uh, Pat, you're admired for your brutal honesty. And with that said, is there anything you'd like to say about our fantastic sponsors? Peach trees. Listen, I've only been there once, and I swear to God, it was the nicest food I've ever had <laughs> in my life. I'm going to go back with my missus and with my girlfriend. I'm going to bring the two of them. <laughs> and the two of them at the same time. <laughs> Paul, Paul Phillips you look after him don't worry he's <laughs> a gent really good field I have to say if he's got a chance if he's around Tala um, go and visit the place it's really and nice check out the beef shake it's absolutely delicious officially endorsed by Pat Flynn yeah officially endorsed sales are going to go through the roof we want to thank our special guest today Pat Flynn so any last words Pat um, not much just enjoy life <laughs> yeah. keep on <laughs> We're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. So remember, there is no show coming this Thursday. We'll be back on the 24th of August and uh, football isn't back. It never went away. That right, Riley? That's right. So after four games in Tallaght, we're hitting the road this week. First, we're going south to Limerick and then on to Galway and their hipster locker room bar. So uh, get your name down for the buses, whether it's the Gary Twig Supporters Club, the Hoops SC, the Ultras Bus, the Tallaght Hoops. Get your name down, support the hoops, and God knows we need it during this sticky patch of form. So uh, we'll see you out west, and keep on hooping, folks. See you. Adios. Stop it.